Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your time. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one. Let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my man, Logan Nestor. Logan, what's up, dude? What's going on, man? How are you doing? Good, brother. So I, you know, usually I think you might be like out of the hundred and some odd people that I've had on the podcast, I think your last name was the first one I've been able to pronounce. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, I just suck at yeah. last names, dude. I've listened into some of the last ones that you're talking to and they have pretty heavy accents. So, yeah, very interesting. Sure <laughs> so, uh, just to give everybody a little bit of framework before we get started, um, so my wife actually showed me a video that Logan had post, posted on TikTok, and I, I just want to give you a little context of the video, which was, he was in a hospital bed, and he said that he was about to die, and so my wife asked me, she said, hey, you know, this guy, this guy, Logan, look at this video, so I looked at it, and I don't know the reason why you were in the hospital bed. I don't even know the why behind why you said what you said, other than you know, I assume it was the truth. Um, but, you know, my wife just said, hey, you know, this guy's never told a story before. And and I think he'd be a really good fit for your audience on your podcast. And so I thought, all right. And so I watched, I think, one more video and I don't even remember what it was about, but I liked your personality and, and I like the mystique that I didn't know what had happened to you. I didn't know, I don't know anything about the story. And so that's why I'm, I'm super excited today to be able to, to learn more about you and to share your journey with my audience. So uh, Logan, super excited, dude. And um, yeah, I'd say, you know, I mean, like, how long ago was the video? Let me ask you that. Well, the video, yeah, the video I posted that I was dying, that was maybe no longer than maybe a month ago or so, uh, maybe around then. Uh, 
that wasn't exactly the time that I had my major heart attack though. So just to clear things up for everybody, uh, the reason I said that I was dying is because I have a major heart problem. Um, January 25th of this year, 2021, I had a 100% blockage in the LAD, which is the Widowmaker. Um, very, very small percentage of people survive that. Um, they're thinking the only reason that I really did and I was fought through it for so long is because of the physical shape I'm in and how young I am. Um, so how much of a beast I am pretty, pretty much is what made me survive. Um, but yeah, the video after that, that you saw that your wife saw that showed you, uh, I had an actual scare, um, a little while after. So, uh, I was just sitting on the couch. I wasn't even actually doing any exercises at this time. Uh, I was actually sitting on the couch, just watching that new Kong versus Godzilla movie and just felt a little sick. So I had all these symptoms from the first time I had a heart attack and then all the doctors just keep on telling you like, you know, just watch out for those symptoms that, uh, you know, that you had. And so it's very hard to base it on that below because throughout my entire life, I've had all these symptoms, you know, I've had panic attacks, I've had pains, I've had internal, you know, I've gallbladder problems, all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I've, I've had all these pains, so it's really hard to simplify it. So I got a little scared, uh, started just drenching in sweat, started getting my back pains that I had. And I was like, okay. So we went to the hospital and sure enough, my blood, they took my blood work and uh, hooked me all up. And they said that I was on my way to having a heart attack. Uh, and the reason for that was because they were over medicating me. That's what they found out. Uh, they were treating me as if I was like, you know, any 50, 60, 70 year old heart attack patient and uh, getting my heart, they're getting my heart rate down to low thirties, 30 beats per minute. So uh, yeah, that was almost killing me. <laughs> so I Dude, sat in there. That, that's yeah. extremely low, man. Like that's, yeah. that's like, yeah. All right, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're fine. Uh, yeah. And it was just going, so it'd get that low, it'd get down to the forties during the day. And I just have a hard time, you know, just doing any activities, standing up, getting lightheaded, almost passing out everywhere I go. But it was when I was sleeping, I was dropping down to pretty much dead. So, uh, yeah, they said I had damage. Um, everybody keeps on asking me, all my fans, what exactly is the heart condition that I have? I'm not too technical with all the, you know, this terms and all that. So I just know that what they told me is that I have um, calluses or something on the side on the outs where I was blocked up on certain uh, vessels and stuff, and that basically I've aged my heart, you know, 30 plus years. They said so. Pretty much, I have like a 50, 65 year old heart. So, so is, is there just that, I mean, obviously I know you're not a doctor, but is there any way to re reverse that amount of time that it, that your or the damage that has been done to your heart at this point? So they keep telling me that, uh, with how young and healthy I am, that basically if I just straighten my act and I do everything that needs to be done, um, I could be hundred percent. Uh, that, and I don't know what they mean by that. They, I'm pretty sure a lot of them keep telling me that I'm going to be good to make me more comfortable, uh, but they know that it is a serious thing. I, they lit, we have a bunch of regulations and limitations now um, that I never had before. Uh, but yeah, they, they pretty much said that I should be good. I'm going and getting my blood work done every other week now, it seems like. And that's my number one fear, to be honest, is intravascular needles and blood work. So that's kind of a karma biting me in the ass too. So I think right now they, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling healthy. I'm feeling actually honestly better than I have been in a long time. And I think I was because of the fact that I was working my way up to having a heart attack. I was having all that clod, clottage, you know, um, up until the heart attack. So my body wasn't functioning hundred percent properly. Yeah. So, uh, 
hundred percent blockage. Like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm no mathematician, but usually a hundred percent means you're fucking dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So let's go to the day that I had the heart attack. Um, actually a little bit before let's cut it back a month or two before that I had uh, surgery, cosmetic surgery on my chest. So a lot of bodybuilders get it. It's called gynecomastia surgery. I had gynecomastia from doing steroids. We'll get to that long here in a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Can you, see, so, can you see what that is? Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to, I had to do that. I had to do that. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I got, so that was like my number one mental problem, like my self-conscious thing. So I got my gynecomastia surgery but that put me out so three months or three weeks two weeks to three weeks before that I wasn't working out uh just for choice you know and then just to relax um because right when I got my gyno and I was healing I was ready to hammer down uh so after I got that out it was about a month they released me and they gave me the go ahead to go do some physical activity you know you can start going to work out just don't mess with your chest so it's probably been seven weeks at this time um not working out which is i've always i've done that i haven't taken any pre-workout so low on caffeine uh my caffeine intake was pretty low uh and i went this day just any ordinary day i was kind of i kind of was high in anxiety kind of uh, frustrated right before i went to the gym though and i just took a big old scoop of pre-workout and went to the gym hit a leg day so that's my first day back i hit a leg day everybody knows that's the worst day so uh, I didn't even push it a hundred percent because it's just the fact that, you know, I just got the go ahead and it's been a while. Well, it wasn't even in the workout is at the end of the workout. I went up to my girlfriend at the time and I was like, well, I'm not feeling very good. You know, I'm feeling a little sick. And she's like, okay. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go cool down on the treadmill. I'm going to walk upstairs, cool down on the treadmill. So it's like, all right. So I see you later. Went up to the treadmill. As soon as I got up there, like at this time I'm feeling sick, sick. I'm getting lightheaded. I'm getting sweaty. I'm just like, ooh, like something's wrong. I'm starting to get pains in my back. And so I just like, never mind, I'm not going to do it. So I walked down, I pretty much stumbled down the stairs, you know, holding down the rail, just trying to hold myself together. I get in the locker room. I'm just like sitting in the stall, just shitting and pissing myself, shitting and puking myself, right? Just, right, this horrible, horrible feeling. I had the pain. So my pain, everybody says their pain is different for a heart attack. My pain was from one shoulder blade to the other shoulder blade, right, right down the center. So just a line from shoulder blade to shoulder blade. I'm in the stall, right? I'm over here and I'm just like stretching my back out as I'm sick as a dog, you know? I'm just trying to stretch it out because it hurts so bad. I'm stripping my clothes off because I have this big old bandage on from my, because you have to be bundled up for that guy's gyno surgery. And uh, yeah, so I'm like trying to get that thing off of me. I'm feeling like I'm just dying from being compressed so tight and I'm stripped down naked. And I just end up laying on the floor. I don't even know if I wipe my ass, to be honest, at this point. I'm, I'm laying on the floor and I'm all I can see is people like walking past because the stall is so high. You can see under the door. I'm sure these people, I could see them. They could see me. So I, in my head, I'm having a heart attack at this time. I don't know what's going on. I just know I feel like, uh, I feel like death. And so I pull myself together. I'm like, man, I'm embarrassing myself. This is my home gym. I'm not going to embarrass myself like this. So I put on the clothes I could grab everything I could just make you know my headphones everything and I'm walking out the gym with my stuff and I'm just like see you later see you later you know just trying to hold myself together not try not trying to embarrass myself to be honest and uh so and then I get to the pickup and I just call my girlfriend I'm like get out here now and she comes I'm like I just don't feel good I don't feel good we get in the truck 
and I'm like, I just want to go home. <laughs> I just want to go home. And this is probably 15 minutes already uh, of this going on. And on the way home, probably four minutes on the way home, I'm like, never mind. I need to go. I need to go to the emergency room. Something's not right. Like at this time, I'm nothing. You know, I'm I'm getting that pain, but I'm getting the chest pain. I'm getting the tightness. I'm getting the shorter breath. I'm getting. I'm losing focus. And I'm twitching. I'm like going into seizures. I'm screaming, screaming, just kicking, moving in this vehicle and her pickup. And like, I'm surprised we're like looking for dents the next day. And I'm like, I'm sorry if I did any damage, but uh, we, as, as soon as I got to the emergency room, I dropped to my knees. Uh, don't remember anything after that. My girlfriend said I was looking at the time was, I was looking in her eyes and she said I was just gone. And uh, yeah, they got me in, put some, uh, what is it that uh, nitrous oxide or something. Ammonia. Um, so, no, it was up? a nitrous. It was a nitrous. It was like nitrous oxide or something. So like that heavy dose stuff. And then just okay. boom. And I came back alive. You know, like I just felt like, okay, I don't have the pains anymore. Like I had a pain, but everything was tolerable. I could breathe better. I could function. I came back to, you know, I'm all hooked up and everything. And there's all these doctors in there. Hooking, like hooked up to the AKG trying to figure out what's going on they're trying to tell people that they think it's a tear in my heart uh some other like professionalist came uh a cardiologist and came over and he's like no this guy's having a full blown heart attack and then it's 100 percent blocked um put a stent in my arm in and out like that you know just got saved my life he came from he hauled ass from like 15 minutes away got there just in time they said dude you have no more than two or three minutes and you were you weren't with us so. What the fuck did that? I mean, like when when they said okay, they said the two or three minutes after the fact, or yeah, before if I, the if, guy got there. If if I would have went home, I would have been dead. If we would have gotten stuck at a fucking stoplight, you know, we would have a little bit longer or whatever. We would have been dead, you know. I, uh, my girlfriend was saying that she was just hauling ass trying to blow stoplights, and there was some older dude just giving her the finger, you know, trying to slow down in front of her, like outside the hospital, and she's all like cussing him out, you know, like you mother. Hey, don't you see I'm trying to go to the emergency room you know and they said the only reason they think too is that all that screaming I was you know screaming and that kicking and moving they said that that was probably just getting you know just enough through for your heart to function to keep your body going oh my god dude I mean that yeah. had to be the most nightmarish I mean clearly the most nightmarish thing you've ever been through but like what the like what were you thinking when they said you know you had two or three minutes before that before if you would have if you would have wasted any more time getting here you'd be dead like that's gotta oh that's gotta be a wake-up call yeah dude i don't, I don't know i just, i try to put myself in my in those shoes and i think i was just so scared and so shocked that i'm i could it draws a blank to my feelings at that moment you know um that given moment i can't it's really hard to put myself back in those shoes and hear those words to be honest uh even now, it took, it, and still up to this day, I have, you know, I'm, I went indoor rock climbing by myself today, like, uh, and I'm, I'm worrying, you know, I'm always going to have that major anxiety. I've already, I was already a high strung person before. Now I have this major anxiety about my heart, you know, given out. And now it has uh, more of a, more of a chance of cloggage because of, or clotting because of the stent, you know, so I have to make sure this whole year I'm just babying myself. Um, my whole dream, you know, was I can say one of the biggest things I felt was my whole dream just got thrown down the fucking trash, you know? So I worked my ass off these past five years of my life 
to become the person that I wasn't. So I'll, you, I'll get to the past in a little bit, but the, I was trying to work my ass off for the past five years, you know, and doing a, going above and beyond and gaining my following and, you know, just driving uh, to become somebody that I wanted to be to get this goal. And then all of a sudden, guess what, Logan, as soon as you're about to get there and you're about to touch the sky, you get your surgery, you're going to do it. You know, like you, you're no longer able to, like, they just, they just tear your dreams away from you. Like, you know, you can't lift more than 20 pounds, stop lifting heavy, more cardio, uh, less stress, stop worrying about the fans, stop doing this, stop driving, you know? So kind of, yeah. it, it sucked. It, it hurt. Attention contractors of the successful life podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, SuccessfulLifePodcast.com, and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. Yeah, I bet. But what I, what I think, and, and I don't even know if it's early. I mean, I don't even have spent enough time for you to even realize this yet, but I got to tell you, dude, I, First thing that came to mind when you said that was it may have this very well may have saved you from a much worse scenario than you were already. If you can, if that's even possible, I guess the yeah. next worst scenario would be dead, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm getting that from a lot of people. And yeah, I put myself, so there's a guy, there's a bodybuilder that uh, that's out there named, uh, they call him Dallas and he's called Big Country. Um, and he died at the age of 26 from the exact same thing. And I think it was a hundred percent blockage in the LAD. Everybody jokes around and makes a joke that I've heard, you know, he died from choking on a piece of chicken. Yeah. I'm sure he's choking on a piece of chicken, but that's not the reason to die. He's choking on a piece of chicken because he's having a major ass heart attack at the age of 26. And nobody wants to really actually open up and talk about it, you know, just because it's kind of turn, turn your cheek, you know, turn the other way when it comes to the bodybuilding fitness industry, just to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Dude, people away. Yeah, it's ironically, speaking of bodybuilding, I just, do you know, and I may have already asked you this, I don't remember, but do you know Tony Freeman? I don't believe so, no. The X-Man? Oh, okay, yep, 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 uh-huh. So, he's a good friend of mine, and I just came from Atlanta, I stayed with him a couple of days, and, um, you know, that guy was in the top five for like a decade in the world. Like, yeah. he's, he retired at age 50. So... Yeah. You know, like, talk about a beast. But my point in saying that is he's been, you know, he had a, he he tore his pec right when he was, right before he was getting ready to do a show or something. And then he just quit for like two or three years. And yeah. then one day, I don't, I can't remember now the story why he started back, but he just totally reinvented himself. So, you know, it, I, I wouldn't chalk it up to this thing is over for you. Even though you've had some setbacks, you never know what can happen, dude. You just never know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to try. I pick, I'm picking up other hobbies. I'm taking it as a life-changing experience, right? So it's just, it's not a life-ending experience. It's just a different route that I have to take now. And uh, I'm hoping that it's actually going to be better for me. It's going to make me feel like a better person. Um, I was going down a path. That was honestly just kind of drive. Like you said, like, honestly, I was probably going to die here in another two years anyways, you know, if I would have just kept on going the way I was going. So um, definitely I've had, this isn't the first wake up call that I've had though. 
Um, I've had near-death experiences uh, three or four times in my life. So, I mean, it's not, this is the closest one for sure that I had that was more, that, was, that wasn't in my control as much in, in my control, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, and I always, even after the heart attack, like I was telling people and my therapist that was kind of fucked up is uh, somebody that would have a heart attack at my age would flip out right their anxiety would come from here to here well my anxiety did go to here but my anxiety was already here so you know it's not much of a change in my life because i'm i've already been so strung out so overwhelmed for so long that it's not much different to me you know it's just more of an add-on just another piece to the puzzle so yeah so you so you said that you've had three or four near-death experiences that's a lot i think by the age of 25 Can you yeah. dive into that for, for a second and just kind of walk us um, through what, the, what that means? I think uh, I think that's the turning point where I should probably just tell you from my childhood growing up. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be a good that's going to be a good uh, good start. So just uh, just to start it out, so it all makes sense. Um, get, growing up as a child, I didn't like all the respect to my parents. I love my parents. They love me. They're great parents. Don't get me wrong. Um, everybody has makes mistakes growing up, you know, so, but at the, they, they got together. I was a mistake Ta-da, you know, but, uh, so they got together, hated each other, um, stick together for, you know, just because of me and ended up having my sister three years later. Um, and then getting a divorce, uh, at the, when I was the age of six. So three years after that, after they had my sister, um, well, my dad, he was, his work ethic is insane. He just works and works and works. Like he'll just, you know, he, he works, uh, at this time, I'm sure he was into drugs too. Uh, I'm not sure how heavy, but he was super into working. He always had kept his head on straight. Um, when he, even if he had drugs, supposedly, you know, like just a, this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was a, functioning. Uh, a functioning addict. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. So he was able to do that. And then, uh, my mother, so he was never home though, to see me never. Uh, and then my mother was a drug addict as well. Um, but she was a stay at home mom and she had this guy over, uh, that was a drug addict. That was not, you know, just no good. And so I'm sure my dad was out fooling around, you know, uh, cause he ended up being with the secretary of his, you know, his boss's daughter, actually, that was a secretary. Uh, and so I'm sure he was doing his thing and I'm, she's doing her thing and I'm stuck in the middle of it. Well, they ended up getting a divorce. Uh, I never saw him. He took off. She was left with the house and this guy that she came in was always there. Um, and just fast forward a little while later, I get taken away from my mother and, uh, given to my father because of the fact that there was like meth labs busted and stuff inside the basement where I used to always hang out as a kid. I don't remember any of this. Um, I remember some things, but it's it's all pretty much a blur. I was too young to recall most of it. Well, when my mother's grand or my mother's mother, so my grandmother, uh, convinced my dad to give him give him back or give us back to my mother to straighten her stuff out because she couldn't handle life without us. Uh, so he didn't have enough time for us anyway. Still, so. so he uh, agreed upon it. Uh, gave us back. And I pretty much was raised from my mother for another five years of my life, up until I was maybe in fifth grade, I think it was. Uh, I started, I'd see my father on the weekends, pretty much every weekend though, from there. Uh, 
my mother's super lenient, right? My father's super strict. There was a never happy in between. So when they were divorced, if I was over there, it was straight A's. You're going to work for your stuff. You're going to earn everything you get. You're going to do all this, do this, you know, yada, yada, yada. And you go to my mother and she, where the hell is she? She's probably locked in her bedroom, you know, doing drugs with, you know, whatever else. You never even see her. Just open up the fridge and eat some ice cream for breakfast. Uh, but my dad ended up wanting me back. So he made me check check around in fifth grade. And sure enough, you mean, you know, there's like crystals, there's like sparkling, the sparkle on the glass, of my mother's, you know, dresser. So I told him about it. And then they did an investigation, brought a cop over and yeah, they were doing drugs. So there's still drugs. I got taken back. My sister stayed there, but it was because I chose to go on. It was on my word over everybody, you know, so I chose to go live with my father. Uh, my sister stayed back there. My mother, a couple of years later and meets my stepfather at this time she show, she sobers her she cleans up she cleans up her act she gets sober and uh this guy's great for her right um he's a great dude uh but at this time i'm not living with him my sister's been living with him this entire time my dad i've been working for since fifth sixth grade hard you know uh he has he owns his own excavation business um so i've been a heavy equipment operator i've been running under him for since then you know every summer that i had if i wasn't in school i was working um, if the weekends hit, you know, you had one night out, but if I took that one night out with a friend, he'd give me shit for it. Right. So he gave me shit for that. Cause I was his best friend. Now it was pretty much a codependency thing from him, his end at this time. I'm not seeing it as a kid, but he's my best friend growing up. He's making me his best friend growing up. And I'd sit there in the passenger seat working with him all the time. And he was the only dude I talked to. He, I was the only person he talked to his kid. So he told me, everything sex drugs and rock and roll right he this guy's a badass he has a 60 he still has his 69 gto right he's just like i got laid i had i slept with you know 20 women by the time i was 18 and by the time i was 25 i slept with 40 and he's like i bet you can't beat that kind of stuff you know stuff like that so i'm looking up to this guy like yeah 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 sex drugs rock and roll yeah i'm gonna watch me i'm gonna beat your record watch this i'm gonna be top notch i'm gonna be badass and, but he also not, yeah, there's those highs and those cool moments. And like, we even have our handshake, right? Well, there's also the times where he's depressed, you know, and he's sitting there telling me this young self and me looking up to him that he wants to kill himself, you know, that life isn't worth it. That fuck this, fuck that, you know, we just screw this, you know, give up. Right? And, and I, and I'm sitting there like, no, you know, that's why do I, that's taking a toll on me. My dad's telling me he wants to kill himself because it's not worth it. What am I worth then? You know, like I'm just here working for you. Am I just your employee? That's what I'm taking it as growing up. Uh, as I get older, uh, I had enough of it. I had enough of having to have those, having to have the straight A's and having to, you know, work my ass off and to have my own clothes. Like I bought my own car, which was a 78 Firebird in eighth grade. Uh, worked for it for the other half. Um, and then uh, you know, if I, if I wanted clothing from him, it was going to be a thrift store product. If I wanted anything nicer, you had to pay for it. If you want to go out with your friends, coming out of your wallet kind of thing, you know. Um, but it taught me a great worth ethic, you know. And uh, buying my own car and, he, you know, do, working it on myself, putting in the speakers, you know, doing engine work to it, all that. Like, and then also stripping down his GTO down to the shell and building it up. He taught me so much. I became a man. Not a lot of people my age, honestly, I can say that. Sorry, guys, whoever's listening, but they're not really. It's worthless. To be honest, like, there's, 
they just they don't know how to do much um that's why i'm able to hop in any equipment and like i came up straight out of that town came up here to the city and people were just impressed by how well i can run equipment but when i was age of 22 23 you know they're like holy shit you're like yeah that's because i've been doing it since i was 12 but i got tired of that like when i turned 17 whatever uh, 16 17 i moved back with my mother i was like i'm not i have my own choice i'm going back with her i'm done doing that so and then when i went back with her yeah, she has her shit together more at this time, but uh, still with leniency. There's still all the leniency. So I ended up becoming the cool guy. You know, I started ended up becoming the, I'm going to sleep with all these women by this age and I'm going to be at the party when, I, when I'm going to show up to the party and everybody's just going to go wild, you know? Uh, and I did. I became like top notch dude. I made sure of it. I went above and beyond with everything. Um, so any drug you could think of, tried it at the party, anybody, whoever had it, whatever. At this time, the only thing I didn't do was like the hardest things like meth and heroin. Cause I was still, you know, I still had my, thought I had my head straight at this time. I was like, all, all athletic, you know, super good at football, super good at lift, weightlifting. I set the high school bench records. But the reason, uh, well also, uh, let me rewind back. My father was super hard on me growing up my entire life, you know? So I took so much in listening watching learning from him he nicks at everybody and at this time i'm not thinking it's his own self problems and his own insecurities that he's displaying on other people but he nitpicks at anybody and everything right so he'll drive and he'll pick out you know whatever's wrong with you like that you know and he'll call it out and uh he did that with me too so he did that all the time like you're mo you have a mole here you're you walk pigeon toed you're too white your hair is combed stupid uh, your jeans are too tight. Uh, your shoes are gay because they're fat. Stop skating. Stop being up the board because you're being gay. You know, it's worthless. You're always driving on me. Always. You know, your teeth are crooked. Damn, that's tough. Sorry dude. about that. That's, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah that's and, tough. Uh, that, that's a tough environment to grow up in. Yeah. And well, yeah. So, like, I've always had, I always tried to be the best. You know, I always try to prove myself. And I'm, and he, like I said, he was my best friend. He was the only person I talked to. So I tried to please him and tried to worship what his needs. And so I, yeah, and, and I didn't really take it in too much. You know, I wasn't thinking it was something different and what's wrong. And because he did it to everybody else. And I, now I have a problem with that. I have a problem. I have relationship issues. I have friendship issues. I have people issues because I can't not see the the negatives you know it's really hard to do that and then and so i've stressed on myself to become perfect that's why I, when i that's so when i rewound when i said i had a weightlifting record is because i started roids in high school at a young early age 16 it's because i had body self-image issues i wanted to be better i wanted to be the best i wanted to look better than everybody else i was comparing myself to dudes that are 20 30 40 years old that have been working out for their entire life i, I was that's once I hit that stage, I wanted more. I hit 405 for a bench record twice, two reps. So 425 in high school, age 18. So that's, I mean, that's, I was just a beast. I just tried to become the best. I was a Mr. Pretty Boy, you know, I, just, I beat my dad's record with sleeping with women in a three month. I was just like this total man whore, you know, like I just became the ultimate disgusting pig that met, that women always talk about that scum of the earth men I, I was that for a little while there 
I think we've all been there. Anyway, I know I have for sure. Um, yeah, hell, I, I'm just waiting for the doorbell to ring to say, "Hey, I'm your, I'm your kid," right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, I'm, yeah. I think I'm past that right now. <laughs> I think I'm in the clear, but you, you know, you never fucking know, dude. You can come back with 18 years of child support, huh? So <laughs> that would be awful. But yeah, um, so so I, I totally get that. Um, so do you still have a relationship with your dad? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. So no disrespect to my family. They and that's why I mean it. So I still love that dude, and 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 he's. Uh, I hope he's gonna probably hear this. You know, of course, and I'm. Just, it's gonna take a toll on him. Uh, I don't want it to, but this is what I'm all learning just recently through therapy and everything. So I, and it's all making sense, you know, and I, and I even told my therapist that, and I even said, when I was in my therapist, I said, I don't want to blame it on post-traumatic stress. I don't want to blame it on that because I know there's been hundreds and thousands of people that have had worse situations than me growing up, you know, like it's kind of hard for me to say, you know, like I remember eating dog food uh, as a kid growing up. And I'm sure that wasn't, a, that wasn't me just choosing to, I'm sure it's because I was locked in a freaking garage or something, you know, while somebody was doing a drug deal, you know, and I'm, and, and I remember like, so something hit me really hard in the heart. I was talking to my father a little while ago. Uh, I told him about a dream that I remembered when I was super little. Um, before they even or right when they got divorced around that time and the dream goes I'm a little kid at this time I'm walking down the stairs of my room of, of our house and down the stairs is the living room and I see this small little puddle of water right just sitting in the middle of the living room and I see these like robbers or like weird people like I think they're robbers at this time and they're like in there in the house I don't recognize them right? I freak out so I run back up the stairs and I'm trying to shake my mom up and wake her up and she's just not waking up right and there's something wrong she's just not waking up I'm freaking out so I go and get my sister and I wake her up and I come down the stairs back with her and when I come back down the stairs the whole living room just stopped, just flooded in water right just a whole like an ocean of water for some reason and these guys are like trying to get me and like take me out and all of a sudden next thing I know I'm sitting in the back of my dad's truck with my sister and I'm looking at the house and it's just flooding and it's just like a ocean of water like there's no more house and i'm crying my eyes out and thinking my mom's dead because she just drowned in this house right but when i told him that story and he was like you know what that wasn't as that wasn't that wasn't a dream he said that was something else that actually happened i just turned it into it so it's like you know I, it, what happened for real was that uh i came down the stairs there were cops in the living room tried to go up and shake my mom of course she was probably super high on drugs or something uh and couldn't get her up got my sister and i probably cops took me outside and gave me to my dad and i remember looking out and there's just spotlights and shit out on the house and getting busted for a meth lab in the basement so i'm getting taken away and i'm crying because i'm getting taken away my mother can, you know i'm getting taken away from my mother at this time that's so that's that was me turning it into a dream and i don't know how many of those i have uh so it's just, uh, and I just know, like, I didn't, it's not, I didn't go through a lot, but I went through something. And it's just hard for me to be like, you know, yeah, it's okay, Logan, own it. Your family did fuck up a little bit. It, so it's okay. Everybody fucks up though. No, I can't blame them. 
They're yeah. there for me now. Yeah, it's I, I I say I understand what you mean by you know well a lot of people could be way worse off, but you know a lot of people are much better off as well. You know what I mean? So I, I mean, so far everything that you told me it's fuck you. I haven't been through this. I mean, I've been through a lot of shit in my life, but but I mean maybe sort of similar, just not with my parents. But anyway, yeah. so I yeah, I don't I don't discount what you said whatsoever. So okay, that's interesting. That it, so do you have this dream recurring by chance? No, no, it's just uh if I talk about my childhood, that's just one of the major moments that my brain clicks to. It's like a file. It's like, hey, this is one of the major moments that happened in my life. And I don't I don't know. So there's a bunch of major moments. So I'll just skip through I'll just I'll just skip through those a little bit. A major moment for me growing up is my cousins messed with me a little bit sexually, male, right? Um and also I had these neighbors that were down and I was living in a trailer park and I had these neighbors that were a couple of trailers down. And he was trying to force me onto his sister and my friend onto his sister all the time. He was on his sister that comes to find out years, years later. Um, so I've been through like sexual abuse that I've swallowed. Uh, I could still see those cousins to this day. I don't see them very often, but I could still see them to this day and look at them like it's nothing happened. Uh, I see it as all experiment. It's hard for me to blame. It's really hard for me to blame others, you know, because I just, I've done so many wrongs in my life that it's hard for me to be like, you know, you're a bad person because I'm not a bad person and I've done it all, you know, like I've done so much. I haven't done it all. Like <laughs> I'm no pedophile or anything like that, but I, I've done a lot, you know, and I've done some damage. And I can't say that people can't come back because I'm sure as hell working on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, dude, because I, you know, I've had some, some, you know, I've had some things in my life you know, a lot around drugs and, and alcohol and, and, you know, I've done some awful shit that I can yeah. just say that like, well, you probably deserve that. Sometimes yeah. I may actually say that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, people can change. Does it happen often? I, I don't know if it happens often, but I know for me, I'm just certainly not the same person that I used to be. And I think, uh, you know, I, and I believe, you're not the same person you used to be either. So uh, yeah. I do think there's, uh, I do think people can change. I do believe that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing too, is the first time I ever went to court for getting in trouble was fifth grade. I was with my mother. I was with my, I was living with my mother at this time. And the reason I did that, actually the first time I actually got into trouble, I went, well, that was the first time I went to court. And that was because it was a, it was a sexual harassment charge. Um, I'm what, 12 years old at this time, maybe 13 tops. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's mad. Uh, I'm with, I'm, I have these, so this is around the time that Jackass is a thing, right? Like the Bam Margera is a big hit. And um, so we, that was my role model. I had these two twin skater friends that I was skating with and they were just, they're like, yeah, Jackass. And they're just crazy and wild. So I followed along one night where I'll just spend a night with them and we were prank calling everybody, right? And <laughs> these guys just go off. I'm, I'm sure I had a lot to do with it. Well, I can't say I didn't. And I'm sure there's, I don't know exactly what we said. This was so long ago, but it was sexual, you know, probably like talking about, you know, what's your, what color is your pussy kind of thing. Or, you know, oh, you wish you can, you wish you could be with me in bed. I, I, we're 12 years, 13 years old. I don't know how well we're talking, you know, well, sexual I, wise, but. I, 
That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, well, how, yeah, I mean, how good could you I, string together like a sexual dude, comment at fifth grade? I mean, like, dude, I don't know. But I, the, the thing is, is we called her probably 36 times in a row. And this is two o'clock in the morning, right? And we just keep calling and calling and calling and start accepting. You can't block people at this time. You don't have cell phones. This is your home phone. And <laughs> so anyways, these dudes, I fall asleep. These dudes, these dudes give, she's like, okay. Well, if you guys give, if you give me, she starts playing along. If you guys give me your number, uh, I can give you a call back and let you know all about it. I'm just super tired. They gave them the number. So at 2, 30, 3 o'clock in the morning, we're just like, bam, 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 bam. Like, who is it? And it's the freaking cops. And I'm just over there bawling my eyes out. And he's just signing. He's like, you guys all got to go to court on this date. Just talking to a bunch of kids sitting on the couch, you know, super early in the morning for sexual harassment. I had, what ended up happening is I just had to, I had to write a letter, apology letter, you know, a sincere one, and go into court to him and apologize. I remember just standing out there reading, reading it, just shaking. This is a little kid shaking. So that was my first, you know, ever being in trouble experience. And, and, and you know, the reason for that, what do you think? The reason why I was okay with that and already getting in trouble is probably just post-traumatic stress, you know, just already getting raised that way. Um, and then as soon as I went to my father's, never got in trouble. Never. I was, like I said, straight person, straight and narrow. I was like, I was honestly, I was going to that goofy stage even with him. Like he's, he's all eighties, right? Stuck in the eighties. So I was looking up to him. I'm all stuck in the eighties. I know all these eighties songs. I had, I was wearing his leather eighties jacket. I had the size two, two big shoes, you know, shocks and just jamming out the eighties thinking I was just the cool guy. And I was just, you know, super awkward, super awkward, but I had good grades. Uh, I was, had a good work ethic. I was a good kid. Um, but when I got tired of it, I, when I moved to my mother's, started partying, that's when I got in trouble the second time, went to court, uh, went to a party. A bunch of us just destroyed this house. This girl was like watching over, like this girl was just house sitting while they were out on vacation. She threw a party. We all went there, got blacked out and just trashed it. Um, so that that ended up happening there's not really much long story to that everybody just kind of got in trouble <laughs> and i had to sweat bills and stuff um so i had to go to court for that or i had to be, i was on probation for that though and uh at this time i'm like a heavy weed smoker um at a young age and uh so i had to stop that i had one guy tell me i was working at a place called murdoch's it's kind of like a country store like a workshop store okay. and uh he once tells me he, he, this guy's kind of a criminal so he once tells me he's like yeah if you ever need to pass a drug test you just need to pop a cap full of bleach clears your system it, it just dilutes your system it completely i have heard covers. that you, you have i've heard that yeah oh you're the second person that's ever told me they've heard that so yeah you told me that and I, and so one day i'm just over here my friend i I, want, I, have, I had a free period in school um, and I had that free period off and I was just sitting in the park in my car and my friend pulls up and he ditched class and uh, he's all, we're smoking weed in there and then all of a sudden I see like a principal or something walk by and then all of a sudden cops get called and he, he gets busted. I didn't, I, I didn't smoke anything at the time so I just like told him to put it away and I was just like smoking it. I was 18 at the time and I had a problem with a bunch of people in school so I only had three classes at this time. That's why I was like pretty much off. But uh, I had a probation meeting this day, right before this. I was actually just sitting in the park smoking my cigars at this time. 
waiting to go to my probation meeting. And uh, the cop pulls up and they're just talking to me and they're like, yeah, Logan, you're 18. So you're able to smoke that, but you weren't smoking anything, but they busted him. They made me go. No, actually I didn't have a probation meeting, but I showed up to my probation officer place and acted like I thought I had a meeting. So I wouldn't get in trouble for being, because I was actually ditching school. I was actually ditching my second period. So I actually went and just fooled around. Sure enough, they called my probation officer and they're like, so I kind of pulled it off as, you know, and I, was, <laughs> I wasn't ditching at the time. So I got away with it, but she also called me the next day and was like, hey, Logan, you need to come in and take a UA uh, for, you know, the incident or whatever you heard. And I was at this time, like she called me and I was just done smoking a Keith bowl. And I was like, okay, well, I went and popped a cap full of bleach. Yeah, so that's probably the first major thing that I did that was damaging to my body, my system, because uh, I was did pretty. Work? No, no, oh. I was pissing. Well, well, I don't know. So the thing is, is it was coming out so cloudy. I remember I was like pissing a couple times right before it, and it was coming out super cloudy. You could just smell the Clorox coming out of me, and it was just like, damn, this is so obvious. Just super obvious. It just smelled like bleach. I was just pissing pretty much bleach, and so I don't see how it didn't. You know. I'm pretty Neither. sure maybe I got I got in trouble, but I'm pretty sure maybe they just got a test result back and they're like this motherfucker just drank a cap of bleach. <laughs> Obviously, he's I fucked would, up somehow. I would imagine that's probably a very real thing. I I don't yeah. know. I mean, so they threw me in a like they threw me in some kind of like addiction counseling cast classes or like a you know a, a live at twenty or some kind of like some kind of class. I don't remember exactly what the class was. Um, but at this time, I was working with my father too, and I didn't. Like I was stressed, just always stressed. Couldn't make it to the classes all the time. I did almost grad, I did almost graduate, but they released me because of the fact that I was working and they knew that. And I was actually doing so good. I was passing my drug tests and all that. But so yeah, I went back with my dad after that incident. And sure enough, see, I was staying out of trouble. I was doing good. Um, then I started dating a girl named, oh, I, I'll just leave her names out of it. But I started dating this girl and she was a stripper, right? And uh, she was super cool, like super fun, uh, best, oh, so fun. She's so fun. She's like her and I got, but she wasn't a stripper at the time, right? When we first started dating, uh, I actually blew her off for like waitress. a year. Was she a cocktail I think, waitress? Yeah, she was like some kind of, some kind of waitress. <laughs> yeah. They all kind <laughs> of like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's like some kind of waitress, but yeah, I didn't give her the time of day. She's like hitting me up for a year, but I kind of heard some like, you know, kind of iffy things about her. So I kind of blew her off, blew her off, blew her off. Like a year later, she like hits me up super late, and I'm living with a bunch of dudes at this time, and I'm I'm already falling off the deep end. I'm we're like we're doing a bunch of cocaine at this time. Like I was a big heavy coke addict already by this time, and uh, I quit working with my father because um, I picked up a job at a glass company. Uh, I actually started like I love that the job at the glass company was fun, and then I also picked up a second job as a bar bouncer at this time. So of course I was doing the cocaine. I was living with all these guys. They're big cocaine addicts too. Uh, just so we're always just doing that, selling it, whatever. Still shooting a bunch of roids. Yep, shooting roids. Yeah, doing cocaine. Yep, yeah, that's so it. Thanks so for like, bringing that up. Yeah, so you know, I so I have to add. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but I used to own, I used to own a TRT clinic. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, so I'm, I'm extremely familiar with any kind of TRT or, or roid you can think of. So, but just to kind of give the audience an idea, so like I take one ml 
of pro twice a week, right? That's what I take that keeps me at, mm-hmm. you know, my nine to a thousand. And that's, that's healthy. That's normal. Like that's good. And I'm functioning great, you know, whatever. So yeah. give us an idea of if, so I would, so I take two MLs a week. Um, now I'm interested to hear what you are taking. So that's the thing. That's, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, because actually when I started in high school, they had these little yellow pills. That's how it all started out. Somebody was selling me, like some guy, they had these little yellow pills. And I'm thinking, I'm hearing now that they're like a horse roid or something, but you pretty much, they called it like as a, like a, like a, like an edible, like a, an oral trend, which they, that doesn't even exist. So I don't even know what it was. Honestly, I can't really tell you. Um, so I put it under my mouth. I put it under my tongue. I don't think it exists. That's why I've heard. But I put it under my tongue, and that's what it all started. That's, what, that's how, it, how it all started. That's what all those kids started in my school. That's what it started out as. So that was already wrong from the start because you have to do it. You are, you know, a TRT clinic. You have to have testosterone. You can't just start throwing antibiotics in there with no testosterone or any of that. Uh, there's no PCTs. There's nothing. Didn't even know about that. Didn't even hear about that. So just doing this thing, just gaining this weight. Um, there's this other guy in my school that uh, was a, like a bodybuilder, like he was the big dude. And he started, he's, as soon as I started catching up to him and strength and everything, because this kid was strong. He was like benching 280 in eighth grade, right? This kid was a beast. And, and all of a sudden, like I start these, he, I start these drugs up and I'm just like, I'm past, I'm like, I'm surpassing him. I'm, fuck, I'm catching up. And he's like, nope. So he starts shooting, right? He starts doing the needle in the ass and he gets it from the same guy that they were getting the yellow, little yellows bar and uh and i wanted to get him from i wanted to start it like that too and he w- he wouldn't let me in on it just probably because he didn't want me to you know surprise <laughs> right. him again um so i was motivated to get it and then i had this other best friend of mine that was a couple of years older than us and he was he was doing mma and he said oh i could do it i could get it i can get it from one of my guys in the mma class they got it for me and Honestly, I think it, at this time it was just winstrel because it was just one vial. It was just a pink. And at this time, so I'm thinking it's just winstrel at this. And he said the other vial broke. I don't know. So I'm just shooting winstrel in my ass at this time now when I'm first starting out. No testosterone. So that's wrong. No PCT. Right. Uh, he, my best friend at this time, when we we're doing it, we did it maybe two vials maybe um, together. And used to live with, with each other all the time. Well, he started getting muscle problems, like muscle spasms. His muscles were locking up on him and all that. And then he pretty much blamed me. He blamed me for it and said that was a piece of shit. And I got him to start doing roids. And that was the reason. And blah, 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 blah. So he stopped talking to me. So obviously I couldn't get any more roids. And that's when I went on the journey and the hunt and messaged like, you know, 100 some people probably, bodybuilder dudes on all his social media telling them my story, how I'm no longer able to do anything. And that was my passion. And pretty much every, to- all of them told me, take a hike, right? Except for this one dude. And he just like, give me a call. I said, no way. So I called him up and he was just like talking to me. <laughs> you could tell this dude just like kind of, like, he's, he's making it fun and everything, but he was just like, you know, if you're, you fuck me over though, I'm going to have to fucking beat the fuck out of you. You know, just making it a joke though. And I'm just like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like, we're good. I'm good. You're good. We're good. It's all good. Thanks. But thanks for helping me out, though, man. Um, but so I go up and I meet this dude, and yeah, he's a big bodybuilder, dude, right? And he's he's cool. He's super cool. He hooks hooks it up, but this at the same time, for the longest time, I was getting this stuff from him for maybe two years. You know, I'm 
17, 17 to 19, I was doing, I was getting it from him. And, uh, I honestly don't know. He wasn't helping me. That guy wasn't helping me. He didn't tell me about PCTs. He didn't tell me what I needed to take. I was just kind of asking him what I wanted and like from the research I was doing. And he was like, yeah, sure. Here you go. And I don't think I was doing it right then either. I wasn't doing PCT for sure. So that wasn't right right off the bat. Um, and then my dick didn't work. Stopped working for a year and a half. Started growing yeah. bitch tits. Started growing bitch tits. Yeah, just started doing everything wrong. So a year and a half of my life. And I think that was from, you know, 18 and a half to probably almost 20 or something around there. So that's a major prop. That's a major, that's a major time in your life to be, you know, non-sexually active. Uh, and that's at this time too, like I said, I'm partying. I'm partying. I'm trying to be the number one alpha, you know, right. I'm trying right, to be, right. I'm trying to be the dude. And how do you be the dude when you're like at the end of the night and the woman's like, yeah, let's go at it. And I'm just like, yeah. So it's pretty embarrassing. I got, Oh, I've, I've had some embarrassing moments, probably about three or four of them that I could think of total that I was just like, I'm never doing this again. I'm scarred for the rest of my life. And I think I still have some problems with my, in my head from that to this day. Like, but I got, I got it all figured out and all that. So that wasn't worth it. Um, and then right before uh, I met this dude on this online again, I met this one other guy and he was super, super cool with me. Like, we just clicked. Like we just had a lot in common. We were just talking and yeah, he was just like, why don't you just get it from me? Cause I was asking him about this place, that person that he followed or some site that I saw that he used. And then he was like, nah, he's like, just go through me. You know, you, you're good like that. And I was like, cool. So I started going through him, but this guy gave me all the knowledge and the rundowns and everything about it, right? This guy was legit. He's taking his time with me. He really cared. Um, but this was at the time, right? I started dating that stripper girl. And uh, well, at the same time, like I said, I'm a heavy cocaine user too. Uh, and I don't have, I, I'm, I'm hanging out with this best friend of mine in high school, one of my good, good friends and my girlfriend one night. And we're at his house that he's renting because he already has a kid with this one girl at an early age. And uh, we run out of cocaine. And uh, I just, me, I made the joke of, hey, let's just all do some methamphetamines. You know, sure, we can find that in this town. And I was just joking. And then he turned to me and he was like, yeah, sure, why not? I just did some yesterday. And I'm like, wait, what? And then my girlfriend, my girlfriend, she was like, yeah, I just did something about a week ago. Let's just do it. And I'm just like, they didn't think I was joking, but they did. that's why they just told me. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I hang out with these people all the time. Like, he has his shit together. She's not, like, I, I can't, I never, I, I hang out with her all the time. I can tell, you know? So I'm like, okay, maybe it's not all what, it's not all bad, you know? Maybe it's not what everybody cracks it out to be. So we went and got a bowl of meth, that, or we got some meth that night. And that's where my life took a t- took a turn for the worst, like way bad, horrible. Dude, I, I, so I'll just tell you really quickly, you know. Um, so I, I wouldn't say it's similar, but I, I lived in Vegas. Mm, I don't know, it was twenty plus years ago, and when I moved to Vegas, I went out to Vegas on a train, and I was on a train for five fucking days. I didn't have enough common sense. To get a sleeper car. I, first of all, I'd never been on a fucking train, so that's my excuse. I didn't fuck. I really didn't know. And okay. so, but but when I went, I I strapped four ounces of coke to my basically my nuts, right? Because I was thinking there was going to be a metal detector. Well, 
I'm such an idiot. I, I strapped it with fucking duct tape that has metal in it. So if there would have been a metal detector, I'd have been fucked anyway. Anyway, so I get out, get out to Vegas. My best friend's out there. He, he, he and his uh, fiance. And we blow through all the coke. I, I get a job. And Kelly, the, 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 the fiance, realized that Chris, my best friend, and I had been doing meth. And she didn't, she pulled with just about anything but man. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and so this guy that, so she kicked us both out. This guy mm -hmm. where I wound up moving, which was sketchy as fuck. The guy that lived above me. He was the only guy that I had met out there that was from the East coast. So na naturally we just kind of like, kind of like your guy online. We just clicked, right? Because yeah. you don't meet, we didn't know anybody else from the East coast. And so, yeah. He was like, well, hey, you want to come up upstairs and do a line? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's go. And oh my God, I had no idea what it was getting or what was about to happen. And I did it. And oh my God, my well, if you've ever sorted meth, you know how it feels. Yeah. So it is like it is night and day from cocaine. Like yeah, it was a like yeah. yeah, it was like shards of glass is what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, yeah it hurts. Like, it hurts. It's oh. bad, dude. You can tell the difference. Like, uh, I mean, I was, I tricked a friend into it once. I was in a bar when I was, so I was actually, like I said, like I was a bouncer, you know, at the bar. And uh, I actually became the bartender. I worked my way into the bartender. I stopped actually working at the glass company because I took on bartending at this bar and bar. And uh, so I was bartending and bouncing. So like, I was just, I was just fucking going. And because I was all high, right? And then all of a sudden, I remember I tricked, I told this friend, I was like, yeah, he asked me if I had a bump. I was like, yeah, here you go. And he wanted cocaine. So I gave him some. He came back out. He was so pissed off at me because he knew. And he knew what it was. And he messed with it. And he was like, you got to be fucking careful with that shit. And you got to knock it off. He's like, that's fucked up that you even made me do that. He's like, the only reason I'm not fucking super pissed off right now is because you're my boy. He's like, but if you weren't, he's like, I would fucking, he's like, I don't know what I would do. But at this time, nobody wanted to do anything to me because I'm a big ass motherfucker. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, man. I mean, oh, oh, man. yeah, but you no, can tell. No. Right. Even on the map in the beginning, um, yeah, I was still big. You know, I was still shooting the roids. I was still doing, I was still active. I was still working out as much as I could. Like, I stopped slowly. You know, as, as soon as I was yeah. getting deeper and deeper, the more shit I stopped doing and doing, you know, as it goes. Um, it's interesting, yeah, though. Because I, you know, I realize what happened really is I got paid from the job yeah. that I was working at. And one of the meth addicts, uh, he was like, hey, let me borrow like $1,500 for the end of the night. And he was like, I'm going to go to this table because I was in Vegas. We'll go to this table. I know this chick doing the dealing. I didn't know enough about, I didn't know enough about how the system worked in, in, at a casino um, so I didn't, something didn't quite seem right, but I was stupid. I gave him the money. Of course he lost it all. And so I had to call my dad and I was like, Hey, like I got jumped and robbed and I have no money. The reality is I spent it on meth and slot machines and gave it to this dumbass Ed. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so my dad had to fly me back. He, he did. He flew me back from Vegas, but if he hadn't of dude, we wouldn't be sitting here. I don't think. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, anyway, yeah. I mean, interrupt so I'm glad point. I'm glad you're still here, man. It's I mean, there's not a lot of us that have gone through that, you know, come out of it. And you know, and us and honestly, actually coming out with it with a drive. Um that's the people that do, 
they they succeed more than I've seen anybody else succeed. They have a drive like no other. It's so. weird. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, if but you you know because you've been there. It's if you get on the other side of drugs or alcohol, meaning from the side where you're using the fucking shit out of it to the the. I don't really call myself sober because I can get into that in a second. But um, so I just haven't drank and drugged for, you know, for almost 12 years. And so yeah. it, it does make you a stronger person because it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever gone through, to be honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also, uh, to add on to that, you just think about it. There's You'll never have that what if in the back of your mind. You know, you'll never have that uh, subconscious telling you, like, what is it like? what do you, you never know, you know? So there's people that live up to 30, 40, 50 years old, and then they finally snap and they're like, mm, maybe, okay. So it finally falls that, that moment falls into their lap. And this is when they have shit to lose. They got shit. They've had, you know, they have children, grandchildren, they have houses, they have jobs, careers, you know? Um, I'm just fortunate enough that I was just getting my life fucking going barely. You know, I have a repo to this day that's kicking me in the ass, uh, from it, but that's it. You know, I didn't have, I had an apartment, but you know, I just went out the door. It wasn't like I, that was the only thing I owned was a pickup that I had repo that I'm still hanging on to. Of course, another felony too. So, but what was the felony from? Um, so when I was in the drugs, I got super, super crazy. Like I said, so that's why I was kind of telling you that I go uh, above and beyond. That's why I was giving my whole life stories because it kind of all just falls in the, falls into place all the way up to a heart attack um so when i got out and we did this meth that's when i when i told you that night it went all went downhill uh it started out you know it was 20 bucks lasted me what lasted a week and then it started going you know i was eating grams at a time and eating it because i was like the closest thing to chewing up and like i told one of the major things i have to do now because i had a heart attack to get my blood drawn and i I hated needles. So that right there saved my ass probably from becoming a huge, huge addict and just shooting it up. You know, um, I remember there was one time in there that I was, I, I almost considered it. I was so high. And then right when they were about to do it, I was like, yeah, never mind. And that probably saved my life right there too. Um, but the rewind a little bit, I go above and beyond with everything. So uh, I wanted everybody introduced me. I was, so in the beginning, I was paying, you know, I was a functioning addict. There's this one guy that I was getting it from, and he was a functioning addict. Uh, he, he actually was like, he would make, he's like a, a chemist. So he actually made it. He fucking, you know, he was making glass work. He's all, he's super cool. And he only worked with cash, 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 you know, if it wasn't cash, get the fuck out of here, you know? And I liked him and he liked me because I actually had a job. I had a work ethic. I was actually going, I was actually giving him cash. I was actually doing stuff. You know, I was still going to work, you know, I was still doing everything compared to everybody else in that town. And so him and I got along. Well, one day he was trying, we went on a bunch of runs where he's doing, you know, drop-offs and pickups. And I was, I was driving him around and my pickup that's actually repoed at this time. And, uh, uh, driving him around for a whole day. And then one night he's like, okay, I just need to come back up here to this location. And I'm like, honestly, man, like I'm getting pretty tired. And I'm dating this one tweaker girl at this time, like that stripper and I broke up in, in the process. Uh, she, when I first started smoking meth, when that night, actually that first night, so let me tell you real quick that that, that first night we smoked meth, I hated it. I loved it in the beginning. So it was a three-day process. How much we bought, it was a three-day process. Uh, first day, loved it. Her and I were just talking, emotionally talking, just, you know, 
tearing it off, just la 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 la, la, la sitting in the room to, alone together, just talking, uh, smoking more. And then the second day, we we're still kind of good, you know, it's kind of getting tired. We were tired coming down. It was like, you know, just like whatever, kind of zombified. And then the third day, uh, I think I, I think at this time I was just tripping because I wasn't used to staying up that long ever. Uh, I was delusional and I was taking her and like, she was just being like a bitch, you know, like just being mean. I was taking every word she said, like, I thought she was trying to cheat on me saying that she wanted to fuck some dude right in front of me when she's sitting right there, you know? So I'm just like, fuck this. And I throw out, and I just lose it and I leave. I have my mother actually come pick me up from that place and while I'm high. And I'm just like, screw that. You know, I hated it. Didn't try it for a long time. Um, and then I actually got back into it like three, four weeks later. I actually tried it by myself and just picked it up slowly. And then actually, it was actually, I think I was trying to get her back because she was into it heavy at that time. So I was just trying to get her back because I liked her so much. And, uh, it worked for a little bit, but we broke up again. So I started dating some other tweaker girl. And um, what was it? I forgot where I was going with the story. Well, you were saying that. Um, oh yeah. You were you were getting ready to drop all your your dude off at the last house, and you were telling him you're tired. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, she, so I picked her up, you know, and I, and I just stayed the night with her. But I was like, you can borrow my truck, you know. Yeah, I said you could borrow my truck because if he wanted to go up to his last drop off. Uh, and he was like, okay, but he's a smart dude. You know, he's actually pretty intelligent, not, not going to lie. Uh, and he was like, let me, he's so worried about my insurance. So, so worried because I couldn't prove it because it was online and I didn't have a paper insurance. So I was trying to pull up online this entire, like for a while and he, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And he's like, never mind. So he just had one of these other dudes come pick him up um, that I know that I went to school with. And they drove up there and he has a piece of shit car and his headlight was out, I guess, or something. And they got pulled up, pulled over up there and busted. And he had my keys, my pickup keys on him still. And so he got busted and those got put in evidence. Yeah. And my pickups parked all retarded out in front of my neighbor's house at this time. And so it's like days on date, like a week, couple of weeks that go by, you know, it's just sitting there all messed up. And my dad went and got a repo. Like he actually, my dad actually went and got picked up. He went and picked it up with a machine. You know, he took it back over there and loaded it up on a trailer. And he's like, you know, and he just yanked it right off at the house and chained it to a tree so I couldn't take it anywhere because all these tweakers kept on trying to get in there and start it up with tearing the console apart and all that stuff trying to get it started again without the keys even though I was telling them not to they kept on doing it uh so that got taken and repoed um he was gone I couldn't get my drugs from him anymore because he's arrested uh so guess what I did I stopped becoming a functioning addict and I started hopping along with everybody all the other addicts in that town and that was robbing theft you traded trade 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 this for more meth trade that for more meth trade this go out so every night they would go out and uh steal stuff to get more dope right and i would i've never done this in my life and i went out with them one night and i was like i came back i went out with them and i was like shaking my ass off and trying to get in this car right and i come back and i have like this little item and they come back with like just bags full of shit um i'm like what Really, I feel like a little fucking wimp, puss right amateur. now. Amateur. So the next <laughs> amateur so theft. Like, just, yeah, amateur theft. And so, like I said, though, that's where they came and bite me in the ass, like me wanting to go above and beyond and be better than everybody else, right? That was bad. So even if it's a good thing, it could be a bad thing. I went above, and, went above and beyond. And I was stealing cars. I was robbing everybody. I was out every night 
didn't matter what the degree was. I was out there robbing places. It didn't matter if it was mailboxes, cars, you know, uh, there's one time I held somebody up with a, like, like a fake, it was a fake gun. I didn't even have a real gun at this time. It was like a CO2 cartridge gun. And I got money from him. Like I was just going about, like I was just going all out, right? Just rob, out robbing everybody. And I live in this tiny town and I never really got out of it. And so I robbed this town probably like two or three times. And I built up all these felonies throughout it, you know, a forgery, uh, grand theft auto, bur uh, burglary, um, identity theft, uh, um, trespass, I don't know, just all sorts of stuff. You know, I can't even think of all of them. So there's 11 total that I, that I know of. Uh, so I got, so one night I went out at this time, um, I'm getting robbed, right? Everywhere I go. Cause I had my shit together. I had the vehicle. I had the, I had some money. I had the nicer things. Cause I was just now getting into it. I'm hanging around with crowds that are, you know, been into it for a while and just learned to rob. So every time I fall out, I pass out, at a place i get robbed my phone would go missing my keys would go missing something would get i'd get robbed um and there's this one crowd that i hung out with that i really liked they're supposed to, like i tried helping them out very like i went to this trap house and i was like trying to help them out i gave them money i'd help them they'd like reuse needles so i'd buy new needles for them i trying to think i'm a good guy and like trying to be the cool guy there and uh so I like, I'd get them phones, I'd buy them, like give them my old phones and stuff and like get them service and whatever. And uh, one day I passed out there and I woke up and everything was gone and everybody was gone. And I was like freaking out, what the fuck, whatever. And ended up flipping out. They came back and they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? You know? And then they tried, they're like, that's fucked up. I don't know who's here. We had a couple people over. I'm sorry. And then they helped me look for the shit for a while. Well, I never found it. Uh, a couple of weeks later or whatever, guess what? I look under the mattress and there's all my shit from one of the best dudes that I, like one of my best friends, you know? So I, yeah, sitting right next to his gun. Cause I was actually, the reason why is because he's flipping out and he's like gonna go do stupid shit with his gun. So I went to go grab his gun under his mattress cause I saw him stuff it under there once. That's why I went to go grab it. So he wouldn't be stupid. I was gonna go hide the gun from him. And as soon as I lit it up, I was fuck this. So I just let it be. They fell asleep. I took all I took the shit that I gave them and I took my shit back that they stole, took every all of it, like so and left. And uh went back to my, I went and lived with somebody else. I was with another buddy, and some guy got out of jail and called me up and was like, Hey man, I need a like I need I need my, my mom's birthday. And I heard that you have all these all these electronic devices that I stole, you know all this stuff. And he's like, I want to buy something, a few things off of you for my mom's birthday. I'm like, yeah, thanks for sure. Let me do it. And I was like, let me come over. And he's like, I was like, what do you want me to bring? He's like, yeah, just bring it all. He's like, I want to look at everything. I don't know exactly what you have. I don't want to see what I got. I'm like, okay. So I brought everything. Well, I walk in this back room, you even see this family and everything. Everybody's cooking. You walk in this back room, seven people come out with guns pointing in my face, telling me to strip down to nothing. Yeah. And them being the people that just robbed me, the people that I was helping that I took all my shit back, them part of them plus others with guns in my face this is the first time i've ever had a gun in my face in my life man and there's like there, there, all seven of them didn't have one there's three guns I remember three of them had guns some woman big big woman was fucking cussing at me telling me to just fucking empty this empty that fuck you motherfucker you mess with my nephew motherfucker blah 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 that's all i remember and i remember just looking in that dude's face that robbed me that i, I was like you know i was homies with and i was like Fuck you, dude. You know this is fucked up. You know you fucked up. I was like, you know this is 
like you robbed me i was helping you out and you're pulling this shit again like you're pulling more shit and i was like that's fucked up and i'm just i'm sitting there shaking scared shitless but i'm still owning my shit you know i'm still like but the reason is because i'm bigger everybody thought i was a cop when i first got in there because i'm all ripped you know i'm a white boy i just came in i'm all athletic ripped big and like you don't fit in this crowd everybody thought i was a cop even up till the day i was a fucking arrested they thought i was a cop but uh yeah so they did that first time i got i i got super broke down because that was the first time i ever felt unalphaed right i felt like a little bitch i felt like i was defeated i felt like you know so i got some kind of like emotional attachment to like electronics then for a little while when i was into my drug addiction but i went back to my dad and was like i got robbed and i i have a drug addiction and you know, like everything pulling that move. And he's like, all right, well, you can come back to work with me. You can do this and get your shit straight. I'm sorry you got robbed, you know. And then two weeks later into working with him, I'm right back into my meth addiction, right? I'm just trying to hide it from him. Now I'm telling him I met this girl. Uh, you know, I met this girl and I've been spending the night with her every night. But I still show up to work every morning, you know. I, but I had this super crazy work ethic, you know. Like that's the way I got, that's the reason I got caught is because I showed up super extra early over extra hard i kicked ass you know and i guess i never used to do that <laughs> to the full extreme with him like my i guess my dad called my mother and he's like uh logan's working extra hard and she's like well that's good no he's like no he's working extra hard and she's like oh fuck you know so <laughs> he's like the energizer fucking bunny like he just keeps going yeah yeah so i had this backpack and he went to my backpack and i knew sure shit what he's doing when we're working and fucking through a big old fit, you know, and found my stuff and we got into it and took me, fired me, took me right back to the hometown and dropped me off, told me to unpack my shit if I'm going to be doing that stupid, you know, doing drugs and shit. And so I did, I took off and uh, went and stayed another place, fell out, you know, got robbed. <laughs> uh, he's actually let me borrow the car. The car got robbed. <laughs> so car got stolen. Um, due to PCP and all that, you know, it wasn't good. People flipping out and, uh, I flipped out about that. Uh, so I stopped hanging out with that second trap house. They robbed me too there. Uh, and then at this time, I'm, there's just one last group left. And these there's this one girl that everybody thought <laughs> she was a cop too, just because she was clean cut and she's young. She's 18, 17, 18 at this time, right? And so everybody thought I was a cop. Everybody thought she was a cop. She had, you know, she had a drug addiction. She smoked meth. I did too. So we hung out. We started hanging out. Well, come to find out, this girl was uh, major into it. She's sleeping with this dude, right? That's like, and and I don't. And people don't have to believe me on this. I'm not going to say names just because you know for security or like caution purposes yeah. and all that. But uh, this dude was getting drugs straight from the cartel, mm. straight from the cartel, okay. dude. and uh, she was selling. And she was she was fucking him and sleeping with him, right? And she uh, she was sleeping with me too, and I was sleeping with her. She was in love with me, using him to get the drugs. She was selling for him too. Um, but I was using her. Like, she was a cool girl. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't like, it's not like I hated her, but I was using her, you know? Yeah. Was, yeah, of course. I, want, I wasn't looking for a relationship. She was, she had all this great, all this, all this great match. She had like all sorts of types and just a bunch of it all the time. Um, so I, I was sleeping with her and she actually had feelings for me. She like loved me. And, uh, so I took advantage of that. This dude that she was sleeping with found out, was super pissed off, like hated me, wanted to fucking kill me, yada, yada, yada. I had a hit out on my head twice, I guess, throughout this entire time I was doing these drugs. And uh, 
well, they, I go out and I hung out, I hang out. I'm this time I'm staying at motels by myself because I'm just like, I, I have the meth and I, I, you know, I'm just robbing. So I'm just kind of taking the money and credit cards and all that. And I have this money. So I'm getting myself motels every night. And, uh, one guy that's this big dude, like there's some big, like just mean dude. Everybody says, don't mess with him, you know, because he'll kill you. He's killed for less. Well, so I made friends with him. You know, I don't want to mess with him. So I made friends with him. Uh, and he's like, he had no place to stay. So I let him stay in my motel one night. I was like, hey, you can stay here. And he's like, I was like, I'm just going to go do my thing. I'm going to go hop out and I'm going to go, you know, rob my, rob my town, like do my thing because I'm super good at it. And I left all my stuff out there on the bed. Right. And I let him just use it, whatever. Well, I came back. Everything's fucking gone. He's gone. Wow. Like son of a bitch. You know, at this time, I'm just fucking livid. I'm done. I'm done with people robbing me. So I'm like calling him out. I knew his sister, wherever. So I'm calling him up and they're like, okay, whatever, you know. And all of a sudden I get a knock on the door and I look in it and it's him. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. So I open it up and all of a sudden, boom, punches me in the face. And then all of a sudden some other girl and then some other people come in and start beating the fuck out of me, dude. Just start wailing on me. And they start throwing out they start throwing IDs and shit at me of their families and their cousins and stuff. And they're like, why the fuck you have this? Why the fuck you have that? And I'm like, this is a tiny town we live in. All right. I'm not actually, I was like, if you think I actually robbed your people, uh, you robbed your family on purpose, why the hell would I let you stay here with all this shit? I was like, I don't know who this is. You know, I've just robbed, I, I went to any, you know, I went right. through that town a lot. I was out, you know, so what are the chances that I ran into some stuff? So I did. So they found some stuff and that's why I'm getting beat up. And there's this one dude that really hated me, had a hit out for me. So uh, they uh, called him up. Like I had this axe sitting there and then she, she, this girl, this guy, this big dude, the big dude that was there, he was like, let's axe this fool. And so this crazy chick grabs the axe and he's like, no, 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 no. Just wait, just wait, just wait. Actually, we have to call up, you know, this one dude. And so they did, they called him up and they're waiting there. And uh, I'm actually even making a joke about how he, she hit harder than him and all that, you know, but, I walk back and I'm just spitting blood, you know, just pouring blood out of my face in the sink. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, you know, if I stay here, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And uh, so I walked out and I just kicked that dude right in the fucking stomach, dude. The biggest dude. I just kicked him so fucking hard in the stomach because I've done Taekwondo for a little while. And I just, that's all I, that's all, that's the only thing I could think of, you know, as I kicked him so fucking hard and I book it right out the door, boom, ran. And I ended up passing out. I ran down some alleyways, took some turns, drifts, whatever, jumped in some guy's backyard and, threw a pallet over me and fell asleep for a while but that night so i have nothing on me i'm robbed i have a fucked up face i'm you know so i I, when i wake up from the pallet i go out i walk to this local park and i see this guy and his daughter get out of the truck right and he's taking his daughter to go feed these geese and i still i noticed that he didn't walk the truck you know so i'm right there behind him i get in his truck and sure enough, he has a wad full of cash. He has like some credit cards and stuff. And I just grab it, shut the door and I walk away. And this is so, so I had somewhere to stay at night. You know, I'm just trying to make my way. And I'm trying to hit up this girl that I've been messing around with. And she's not hitting me up. She's not hitting me up, not hitting me up. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm feeling alone, dude. And at this time, nobody likes me. All the meth addicts hate me. I fucked everybody, everything, everything up in the sober world. You know, I'm alone. Uh, and the only person that's going to talk to me is gone and not, not talking to me. Like she's ignoring me for some reason. And, uh, so I get at this motel with that money that night. I stop at my local Walgreens to get a phone and all that with the credit card. And I used the cash to get a room that night. And, uh, I stayed up super, super late. And then, uh, 
about 12 o'clock I'm like walk or like 11 o'clock 10 o'clock I'm walking past the gym I'm like taking this tour I'm like walking out doing my thing you know from my motel and I see these people I, I well, I'm robbing cars and I I go to this gym parking lot and I grab the keys out of this one car that's left in there right and uh so I take the keys and I go throw them in a bush. It's like just right across the street. I throw them in the bush and I just do my round and I come back. And I went and I, as I was walking back to my motel room after a couple hours, I saw people with flashlights and stuff digging around that car looking for the keys, right? I'm like, okay, they don't have an extra set of keys right on. So I went back to the hotel room, stayed up till like two o'clock in the morning. I was falling out, you know, dropped my phone because I didn't have any meth because nobody would hit me up. Um, and I'm super pissed about my shit, everything I've just worked for and robbed everything's gone all of it so i was super pissed off about that so my plan was i went to go shut down the power to my local tattoo artist that got my stay true uh the reason for my stay true is because of me getting robbed over and over and over and over again by people that i thought were super cool that's why i got it honestly when i was on drugs um but yeah i was gonna go shut down the power there at a local tattoo my local tattoo artist to go grab a gun because i noticed he had a gun sitting there in his tattoo drawer so I was gonna go break in there, grab the gun. I stole the car to go there to get the gun to go to the fucking place to go get my shit back. So my my I wasn't plan, I wasn't gonna go there to kill people in my mind, but I was definitely going there with the with the intention to go shoot some people in the kneecaps and stuff, you know, because there's sure. seven of them, you know. So I'm over there ready to go fucking guns blazing. Um, and as soon as I steal this car, uh, I take a couple turns and I know something's following me. I'm like shit. So I book it. This. And they're sure shit, they're following me. And I'm going fast. This is a nicer car. I don't, I don't it's like a Nissan Sam. It's super nice. It's a brand new car. I'm just booking it through this town, fucking going left, right, whatever. And I throw it in the side of the road, shut the lights off, shut the car off, and throw the seat back and sit there quiet. And I have like gloves on and everything because I was robbing everything at this time. I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. And then you just see, you know, just cop car, cop car, cop car in the backlight. And there's like cops just pull up to these, to the end of the block and just stop. I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. So I'm falling out, you know, I'm not super, super high at this time. I get out of the car and I start running and I run down this alleyway. I jump a couple of fences. I get caught, run, rip my pants, fall out of my shoe. My shoe, one of my shoes fall off. I stumble into this person's like uh, shed in the back with, and they have this like pile of wood in there. It's like packed full of shit. Um, so I stumble in there and, uh, I like, I see this pile of wood and two by fours and I like dig myself up in it. I just pull myself. I'm like throwing dirt up because they have guard dogs. You can hear the dogs sniffing around. I'm like throwing dirt on myself, trying to get, you know, the fucking odors off of me and everything. I'm just trying to get all that. I'm like taking my wallet out. So if they bust me, they don't bust me with all that stuff. I'm just shoving it all on these boards and they come in. They finally come in there. You can see them all walking around. They go in and they, I swear they shine the light on me. I could see it like through the cracks and then they're like, okay, no, nothing in here. On to the next, and they leave. Like, oh fucking shit! The dogs. I swear, the dogs were right there. I could hear them sniffing around. You know, like right next to me. And there's like, nope, not in here. Uh, on to the next. And I was like, I can't believe I just got away with that. And they reason, oh, they, but they're looking. They're looking around this area because my shoes sitting there. I'm my shoes sitting there. I can't have made it far, you know. And I pass out. I fall asleep in the shed. So I wake up, I don't know how long later, still uh, with the, with, you know, still like you could hear people walking around. I wake up probably maybe 30 minutes later, I'm going to guess. And they complain, the, the dog's barking. That's why I wake up. There's, there's dogs, there's a dog barking. And the lady complained to the cops that the dog's still barking in the background. They think something's back there. 
So they came back and checked, and I was in the shed. They found me Dang. in the shed. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, they caught me with 11 felonies. Uh, they arrested me with 11. Um, I went into the jail. Uh, the person that arrested me, she was actually, um, I knew her from high school. Like she, like she didn't go to high school with me, but she uh, was like the town cop and she pulled me over a bunch of times because I had my fire bird and she pulled me over for stupid shit, like suit belts and running red lights and all that. So we'd make, she knew me personally. But uh, so I was, just, I had a smile on my face when I got arrested and I came into, and I, and I got arrested with them with the mentality of, you know, I did my wrongs. Uh, I know I did them. I did the dirty deed. So good job guys for catching me. It took you long enough, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. that's what my, my intention, that's what my mentality was. Uh, but that's not the mentality you want to go into jail with. No, no. 95% uh, of those people in there are innocent, you know, and if you tell them otherwise, you're on the wrong team, man. So yeah. I just got my ass handed to me pretty much everywhere in there. Nobody fought me, but, you know, I was came coming off of drugs in there. So I stole one of my good buddies, somebody that I knew in there. I took his butter and that started a huge fight. All of a sudden I was a thief, got kicked out of one pod, got put in another one, got kicked out of that pod for saying the wrong thing. I got put in trustee and they kicked me out of that pod for saying the wrong thing to him. And then by that time I was just stuck in the whole, I was, I was trying to hopefully put like get held in a single cell with the TV and all that just by myself. I was like, that would be the dream. If I'm gonna be in jail, but uh, they hold, they put me back in a holding cell, dude, where they don't even shut off the lights, and there's always brand new people coming in there, all fucked up and pissed off. So I was in there for a little while, and that drove me nuts. And what made me sad is I didn't hear from my family for a little while in the beginning when I got arrested. You know, it was silent, and that kind of upset me. I felt super alone even after that. And like I said, I couldn't get a hold of Destiny, or uh, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. You know, so. Uh, they they put me to court not soon after they brought me to court and they said I had nine felonies but they gave me a plea deal so my mother had talked to him and you know I, I talked to the judge and pretty much just made a whole spiel about how great of a kid I, I was and how I never had any really other charge you know and I've tried my best to be my best you know for so long so they're like yeah we can see that Logan um, you look like a great kid you look like you got a bright future. So we're going to let you off with a plea deal of you just have to go through, finish a rehab program, a rehabilitation program, and you have to um, successfully uh, graduate probation. So finish probation um, without any mess ups. And you can have a plea deal of no felonies. Zero. So nine to zero, dude. That's huge. That dude, so that doesn't weird. happen. People no, don't get yeah. that opportunity. Yeah, dude, that's 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 unheard dude, of. That, and they they need to start doing that more, because when they did that for me, I I had this whole mindset of, you know, that's a second chance at life. I did all this wrong, and they are gonna really look at me and look at me and say, hey, you have potential. Let's not fuck up the rest of this kid's life for you know making a mistake at so young, and let's give him the chance of making things right. That's huge. You know, that made, instead of just throwing it right on me and telling me I'm a piece of shit, you know how much motivation that gave me to be a, sec, a better person? Yeah. So I went into rehab, you know, with that, with that, uh, with that plea deal. And I was so happy and I was driven. Uh, my mom took me up like the next day out of jail, right up there, you know, so I wouldn't get caught in the bullshit of that town. And uh, so I get in there and not soon after, maybe three weeks after, uh, they pulled me back out. My police department, my hometown wants to pull me back out of rehab. They never really do that. 
you don't do that. You don't pull somebody out of rehab. Like that's no. somebody that's trying to better themselves. You don't pull somebody out of rehab. Well, so we figured it had to be something serious. Um, my mom comes and picks me up and she's like really good friends with the sheriff dude, right? Uh, this old sheriff. So he's not actually the sheriff there anymore, but he's still as, you know, all the, all the cops talk still. Um, so he knows the story. My mom picks me up and she's telling me that the girl that I used to hang out with and the guy that she was with, you know, that didn't like me, got brutally murdered, heads chopped off, stabbed 37 times, limbs chopped off, found murdered. What? Brutally murdered. Fuck. That's why that's why I couldn't get a hold of her. Because she got murdered that night, dude. She was getting murdered that night. That I got arrested. She was getting murdered. And so she tells me the story of how they got murdered, about the heads chopped off and stabbed brutally and all that. So they throw me in the interrogation room. Wait, 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 wait. This was the chick that was running dope for the cartel dude, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just going, That's I want I'm to saying. make sure I remember. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, so that happened. They threw me in the interrogation room right away. Immediately. I, I wasn't in the holy cell for very long. And uh uh they're talking to me about it. And I was like, Yeah, I heard that so and so and so and so got murdered brutally, their heads chopped off and stabbed multiple times and all that. And they're like, How do you know that? That that information isn't released yet. And I'm like, my mother told me <laughs> and so my mom kind of my mom's friend boss my mom's boss which is actually the old sheriff so he she and he got in trouble for spilling information that wasn't actually released yet you know so he wasn't supposed to be talking about it to anybody that's outside the public and she talked he talked to her about it and then she talked to me about it so he's in trouble she was in trouble with him and he was in trouble with the police department but yeah, so the story lined up though, so they knew that. But they were pinpulling messages out from this girl and I though, right? And this girl always talked about like hitmen this and guns that and kill this person and kill that person. Like she's just always like, and I always thought she just all talk. She always just talked. You know, she just always all talk. And I was just like, you know, like nah, no. Yeah, really. because you you one would think that somebody that was actually involved, they wouldn't Dude, no, normally be saying that. But yeah. she's a good girl. I hung out with this girl a lot, right? So she had this great, she had this family. I, okay, so I snuck in this girl's box once. She had this like personal box and there was letters from her family, dude. And she had this, like she's adopted and she has this really good family and they're always reaching out and like telling her that she's so good and they love her so much and yada, yada. And like, I remember I tried talking to her about it once. And like, I actually started like, kept, like I started not catching feelings for her, like, but I started caring for her, you know? Like sure, I started really caring sure. for her. And she pretty much just told me, like, fuck off, fuck the family, you know, like, that's bullshit. Um, but, yeah, so she's 18, and that's, like, I, I wouldn't expect, uh, all, she was always talking about it. And, yes, I talked about it, too, but, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it was like, just, actually. just 18, like, it was, like, you know, she, you know, like, she's bringing up, she's bringing up drugs, and, but she always bullshit, but she always, like, exaggerated. Like, she always said that she, I, I can't remember uh, uh, that's, that she goes to college. She would say that she went to college all the time, which she probably did now that I think about it. But at this entire time, dude, I thought this chick was lying about her entire life and lied about everything. So when she'd bring up hitman and drugs and her cousins that are really hitman and this and that and this, you know, I didn't take it serious. I just fuck her and then, you know, get the next hit of dope. You know, that's yeah. all I was, you know, but I did, I started caring, you know, and then I'll like as much as I can for being a tweaker. I can never trust anybody with a old dope in their hand but you know i i cared to, enough for her um but yeah so she died brutally you know 
her head. Uh, I can't put my, I, I put myself in her shoes when I found that out, dude. My heart, my mind, my body dropped. She was the last person. That was the group I was hanging out with. That was who I was hanging out with. And I stole from her. Okay. And what freaked me out even more um, is that I got put back in the rehab. Um, some shit happened there. Uh, I didn't like it. What happened up there? I was getting like harassed up there pretty much. So I, I got sent out of there and switched rehabs and got sent to a place in Sterling. And um, I got a call there. That's like a halfway house slash rehab in Sterling. And so I was there for four months and I got a call there. And there was this one guy as an investigator from New Mexico uh, wanting to know about he's he's supposedly like a defender for one of the people that are investigating or something about it for the homicide. Seemed like a super chill dude, super cool man. And just asked me about it. And you know, I was answering questions just about the homicide and all that, yada yada yada. But and then he started asking me questions about what I'm doing when I get out, where I'm gonna be, like what what's my what are my plans, what motivates me, you know, just trying to just, just trying to work it in there, like kind of like cool wise, but like you know, and I didn't really answer him. I was, I was pretty much just telling him, like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know I'm gonna get out of my town, my hometown. I just know it's not good for me, but I don't know, I don't have any actual plans. I don't know, I don't know. That's all I just kept on saying. And I was like, why would an investigator want to know that about me? So as soon as I got off the phone with him, I call up my probation officer or my mom and tell him and my probation officer. And we tell her and they do this investigation. My probation officer actually goes and like talks to the police department and like tries to find out this this investigator that talked to me because she hasn't heard about it. And no, this dude doesn't exist. This dude doesn't exist, dude. So they're trying to find who I they're trying to find me when I was out. And the reason I got nervous too is because the guy, the big guy that I kicked in the stomach. He had a brother that was in that same uh, halfway house rehabilitation program that got a call. I was just, this story was just told to me like just a few, couple of days before this call, but he, that brother of him got the same, the same kind of call and got his uh, throat slit a week out of, re, out of the rehab. A re, week later, his throat slit in his dreams and his sleep. So yeah, yeah dude. So I got, <laughs> yeah my mother she had a gun like as soon as she came pick me up she you know she made sure she's packing they were packing the entire way that i got up to the rehab you know like it's and that's like I, last night i was just watching some documentary and i was like yeah maybe i shouldn't say some names you know like i shouldn't just in case i don't know what this what what's still out there you know it's been a while it's been five years but you know i didn't do enough but they don't care you know they don't yeah. give a shit no, <laughs> i was don't. just involved that's all they give a shit about is i was involved so I got out of re I got out of the drugs, you know, and got into rehab and got away from all that. And like I was in this what happened from the rehab up here, I'm gonna be honest. So hopefully this doesn't bite me back in the ass. But I did, I was sneaking, I stuck out a couple times from that rehab. I went and got high a couple times. I relapsed a couple times in that rehab. And uh I actually got caught one of the so these these new guys came in and I stuck out with one of them. I really clicked with him. He's like so cool. And he's a heroin addict, though, and I was a meth addict. But we went out, we walked downtown Denver, and we came back, and they somebody somebody noticed or something and said something to the main guy, the main head, the head honcho guys there, and they sat us down, and they said they're going to randomly drug test us. And so uh, us three guys were sitting there in the waiting room, just like fuck, 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 fu
and I'm like, what are we going to do? I don't know. I can't get, I can't, I can't fail a drug test. That's a, that's what the, the whole conversation was like going like, you know, like our lives. And I was just sitting there pretty much almost in silence while they were just going at it. I was just thinking in my head, like, man, I just fucked up my whole second chance. I fucked up my whole second chance. You know, I'm no longer, I'm no longer going to get that plea deal. I'm going back to jail. I'm going to get charged with 11 or nine felonies at this time, you know, but when I went back to, uh, when I went back to that double homicide, they threw me back in court and found three more felonies. So it was nine and they found three more just sitting on the desk. It's not like I went out and committed three more felonies, right? There's just a stack of paper sitting on the desk that they didn't get to yet, but they finally got to him when I went back there for that double homicide investigation and they charged me with one felony. They didn't give me, they took that plea deal away. They're like, sorry, Logan, we found these extra three. Uh, it's not nine. Now it's 11 and we just can't let you go with nothing. Sorry, buddy. You have to get charged with one, which ended up being forgery. So, oh, um, okay, yeah, but it was still at four. It's still it's not even at yeah, five. Like at five is the easiest. It's still, still, you know, it's still, uh, still complaining to the. I, you know, I, I, I complained. I did to the to the uh, judge. I was like, you know, honestly, I think that's kind of messed up, judge, that I had this whole second chance and that you gave me this motive and this, you know, this dream, and just because you found more evidence not not because i went out and committed more i'm going to take that get that dream taken away from me so as soon as that happened yeah i lost motive that's why i went back to that rehab and i started fucking up you know actually so i had one felony no matter what but i i knew i was sitting in that chair and i was thinking i'm gonna have 11 i'm gonna go to prison i'm gonna go to prison it's not you know for years like it's not something to mess around with like i just just for a couple nights of smoking dope here in the rehab i'm gonna go to prison for years because 11 felonies you know i fucked up so those two ditched those guys said fuck it we're not doing that they left they just walked out the door and fucking left you know and i sat there still kicking myself in the ass for maybe 15 20 more minutes you know and i'm telling them like i don't need a piss yet i don't need a piss yet and they're just give me coffee and give me coffee and give me coffee i'm just thinking man i'm fucked up as soon as i take this test i'm like i don't know and then I just like, you know what? I'm just going to take the test. If I fail, I fail. If I leave, I'm going to get caught anyways. You know, like if I leave, it's going to be obvious. So I'm like, right. I might as well just take the test. Took it. I fucking passed. I passed. It didn't hit my system yet. I found I out was later wondering, that doesn't, dude, it didn't hit my system yet. They would have passed too. How about that fucking the yeah. shit? That's crazy. I wondered when you were killed. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, dude. So it's a whole, that was a whole second chance in my eyes again. I'm like, somebody's looking out for me, man. Somebody wants me to succeed. Somebody wants me to, you know, something told me to sit there and take that test and not leave with them. And so I did. But, and then after that, dude, that I was getting ragged on. I was so, people were looking at me. I wasn't, I didn't go out. I didn't mess up every, after that, you know, um, there was like $600 or six, I don't even know what the number was. 6,600, I don't know what it was. Some, some chunk of money went missing from this warehouse that we worked at there in the rehab. And they said that I was standing next to the room in the camera when they were talking about the money. So obviously it had to been me. There was a dude that left that same night out the back door in the middle of the night, but it had to be me. There's something oh, yeah. that just left at the back door that same night at the back door. But no, 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 that is, he may be a possibility, but no, you motherfucker, you know? Yeah. And I, and they're just ragging on me for that. And like every time I go to work and I come back into my whole it's like a military setup, right? So they just have everything just thrown. They stripped out my locker, just thrown my bed, stripped off. So I'd have to remake it every day. 
I was getting harassed like this. And I went up to him. I was like, I hope you know that if, when you guys find out that I did not steal that money, that I get a, I hope I get a huge apology. And then what pissed me off is the ma- main guy there looked me straight in the eyes, pretty much pointed at me. And he was like, I don't have to apologize for shit. That's so, and that right there, that was so much disrespect that I was like, fuck this place. I'm not doing it. Got to hold my probation officer. I was like, I can't, I need to switch. And we just got everything settled. And she's like, okay. And I had, I had a lot of people back me up in the rehab. That's what helped. I had a lot of people that it was like, yeah, honestly, Logan's getting, <laughs> Logan's getting harassed for sure. I was getting harassed like a motherfucker. And there, so that's what got me out. And that's what got me to that other rehab, which was super good. I love that rehab. Uh, but that was sketchy because it's still around a bunch of people that I know it's more towards the direction I got in all that trouble. So, uh, yeah, dude, I look, I can identify with a, a lot of what you said because I mean, it, just to give you a, a, a quick example. Um, it, so I was sitting on a couch and in the guy's apartment upstairs in Vegas, and there was a guy on my right named Stormy, and there was a guy on my left named Ed. Mm-hmm. I will never fucking forget these two dudes. And Ed, uh, Stormy and Ed, we were, they turned on the television, we were watching something, and, the, and, and the news comes on. Well, these two motherfuckers beside of me are fucking robbing a casino, like right on the fucking television. <laughs> and I'm like, I am about to shit myself because like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like these motherfuckers yeah. are either going to kill me or they're going to kill me. That's pretty much, yeah. I, that's the only way I saw. Yep. And they knew each other from maximum security prison. So it wasn't like I was dealing with two amateurs. Um, and luckily and they let me- for a second. And I'm going to yeah. go to the restroom real quick. All right. Is that yeah. Okay? Yeah. All right. yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Yeah, so so long story short, uh, I did make it out. Obviously, I made it out alive. Mm-hmm. And the guy for, that I that I was hanging out with up there, he 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 literally looked at me. And he was like, "I don't, I don't know how you made it out of here." And I'm like, "Well, what do you mean?" He was like, "I'm surprised they didn't kill you." And yeah. I'm like, "Well, I was so naive, dude. I just didn't know. Like, I'm from fucking Mayberry, dude. Like, I'm from. I mean, talk about small ass town." And yeah. he, he was like, he was like, you, you have no idea how the, how you, you have no idea that the caliber of people that you were sitting beside of, he's like, they don't, they don't, they don't just divulge information in front of other people. It was like, yeah. they just don't do it. They were fucking, they were nuts, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yep, that's so like one of the, that reminds me of uh, one of the stories when I was deep into the methamphetamines too. One of the close calls that I had was um, there's this one dude that also, so that not only that big dude, people didn't say mess with, but there's this other guy that was super serious. Everybody's like, so this guy was a part of the cartel. He was the, he was the guy that came to back. Like he was the middleman, you know, he's the cartel man that came to. And uh, they're like, just watch what you say. If he's, if he's around, just, you know, keep your head down, you know, just don't, don't like really make eye contact. Just don't fuck with him. And I was like, okay, whatever. I met this dude. It's whatever. It's cool. I even actually, he actually even came up and talked to me and I just talked to him like an old person. Like, this is a normal conversation. And he left and they're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like the, the people that were in the house are like, he actually talked to you. Like, that was, like he talked to you. Like, like, it was, that's, like they looked at it like that was weird, yeah. you know? And I was like, yeah, whatever. And uh, well, one time, Sorry, people are trying to get a hold of me. One one time, uh, 
I got, I was living with one of the last houses I was at. Um, they set me up and they had this guy come over. I knew he was coming over. Right. But I thought we were cool. And they're like, yeah, he's just coming over to, uh, you know, sell some meth to us or whatever, you know, and I was like, all right, right on, whatever. And then they came over and they're like, yeah, like, like coming out of the basement. So they came out of the basement, doom, he pulls out a fucking gun, puts it right up to my head, what? right to my skull, dude. dude, right, right here, right to my skull. And he caught, and I don't know, he didn't, he put the gun to my head and he was like, I heard you're fucking robbing people. You shouldn't be fucking robbing. And I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know who I rob. I just fucking rob cars, you know? And he was just like, he, he, he's like, I, I don't want to fucking hear any bullshit story, you know, fucking whatever. And I was like, dude, I, I was yelling at the, I was talking to the guy that set me up, you know, that I was living, like I was staying with. And I was like, really fucking man, you're, you're going to put, like, you're going to put me through that. And he's like, don't fucking talk to him. Right. He's like, you're talking to me now. And I was like, I was like, you're a fucking fool. And he's like, what the fuck are you saying? And that's when he cocks a gun. And he's like, I've killed motherfuckers for less. He's like, right now. And I was like, fuck this. I was already so over getting guns. This is like the fourth gun that's been in my, like fourth time a gun's been in my face at this time in the drug ditch. And I was over it. I'm wild, dude. I was crazy. Like, I, there's type two bipolar that runs in my, my family line. And I think I was snapping there for a little while. Like, I would have never went and tried blasting someone in the knee over like $300 worth of electronics. <laughs> you know? Fucking Jesus. Um. But yeah, so I, I just told him like, you know, fuck you. Like, you know, I'm out of here. And I grabbed my bag and I walked out. And they said the only reason that he didn't shoot me is because I wasn't a pussy about it. So that was one of the near-death experiences. Um, yeah. Uh, so I got out of rehab. And immediately, immediately, I, I, I find this girl that lives up here in the city area uh, online when I got a phone from the second rehab and she came down, she met me in rehab and she started being like super dependent. Like I started becoming so codependent with her because she's bringing me all the snacks. She's coming down and seeing me. She's like my main visitor, right? She's the person that was like in a hold of me all the time. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get laid. This girl's sober. She's good. She's going to get me out of my town. This is all good. And uh, so she did, she stuck with me through all of it. And I got out of rehab and she, I moved immediately in with her and her family up in Aurora um in the city area and uh at this time i still have my own issues i'm not even used to being around anybody you know i'm not even used to being sober at this time so of course i had issues and uh her and i just didn't work out right for a long time like she helped me out for a while but i ended up getting a job equipment operating uh like i said i came up here and everybody was just like wow you're fucking good dude and uh, so I immediately got a job. I got my own place. I was getting paid pretty good money. I got a little lean to like, because I'm a felon is in my credit court credit score at the time from a repo vehicle was super shit. I added a, I had, I found a lean to that was turned into an apartment. And so I bought some of my own furniture and got into there and I was like, you know, just living on my own. And there's this construction site manager that works. that was working on this job site with me. Right. And she's the hot shit. She's she's a woman. And uh, she's 40, she's 44 at this time, 44 years old. I'm 23. But er, that's what everybody this, she's the hot talk of the fucking, you know, all these guys are always talking about her, like how hot she is, and yada, yada, now what they would do to that. Mm, if they had 24 hours of that, and blah, 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 and check that, you know. So that's and there's one guy that I was working with, my foreman, and he's like, dude, you gotta hit that. You gotta hit that. Like, you're pretty boy, you gotta hit that, you can do it. 
And then I was like, whatever, you know, like she's like twice my age, she's like my mom's age, you know, like, no, nah, it's okay, whatever. I was like, I bet you I could, but I'm not going to do it, you know. <laughs> but uh, he he insisted, he was just working on both of us, you know, you got to do it. And he's like, every time he's with her, he's like budging my name in her ear and all that, and how attractive I am, and all this and that. And uh, one day, we all, us three, my foreman, her, and I went out and had drinks. Uh, just during the work day, just as a stressful day, we all had drinks and, uh, cause we were like waiting on some and he ended up leaving or we went, actually went back and he ended up leaving, going home, her and I ended up going back to the bar and then, yeah, went from there and fucking stayed oh, together sure. for, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then from then, dude, it was, we, we actually hit it off. That was the most successful relationship I had. She was, uh, we dated for a year and a half. Okay. Stayed with her, like pretty much immediately moved in with her. She was making a lot of money at this time, right? She was a construction foreman making six figures. And like, I was like the badass, you know, little guy, like I finally got with her or whatever. Um, she told me that I had more potential because I had this dream, you know, she like really liked my story and she knew that I had a dream about becoming this fitness online influencer and becoming more. And she was like, you know what? Yeah, let's get you out of dirt. You know, you got more. And she like, she pretty much let me take, I still worked. I still like had a little job at like a supplement store and, I picked up, you know, I was trying to work on becoming a personal trainer. So I, you know, picked up a job at a gym at like, you know, for um, sales and all that, getting my foot in the door as I'm working on becoming this personal trainer, online influencer. And so she helped support me a lot through that. And that's what helped me a lot. You know, that's what gained my following. I had that time and that, you know, that motivation to do all that. Um, so a year and a half later, I pretty much got, I got my personal training job. And I'm pretty much there. And she's, she, shit was getting sour just because, you know, the age difference. And I'm a pretty boy and I was around all these young, young women at the gym being a personal trainer, you know. So we ended up breaking up. I went back, uh, actually moved in with an employee there at the gym. And uh, then the pandemic hit, COVID. Uh, COVID hit. So uh, they shut down the gym and I got kicked back. I couldn't pay rent, you know, up here. And I didn't want to go back to any construction job up here i was like if i'm going back to construction i'm just gonna go work with my father uh live for free you know i don't want to be in this house with these weird people anymore just kidding they're not that weird if they hear this <laughs> uh, but i just i was uncomfortable i'm not i wasn't a people person you know so i wasn't comfortable with where i was at um i like to be alone i like to be in my own setting so i went back to with him and i started working with him uh for about six months i went and i dated you know, I, I, I talked to a few girls and I dated two within six months. So that was really horrible. Like one girl was just a couple weekends. And that was the first girl I tried dating. that was younger than me. Screw that. But uh, so six months goes by and then I start. So OnlyFans, have you heard of that? Okay. Yeah. Dude, this is going to blow your mind. But my wife actually had explained what the fuck that was probably a month ago. Yeah. So OnlyFans came along. <laughs> and uh so I decided to say, fuck it, make one, you know, okay. with a small, I had a decent following at this time. And uh, so I decided to make one and I started to talk to my, my latest girlfriend again, Jolene, that's her name. So I started to talk to her again. And at this time, she's, she's like losing her job and they gave her 30 because she's renting this big old house out there. And they gave her 30 day notice that they're going to sell the place. So she had to get out. 
And uh, I started making all this money on it right away. Like I started at the 27th of one month and made five or like almost four grand in a period of five days. Like, what? Like, what? Yeah. All right, so what? The, all right, no. You have to break okay. it down. I don't know how it works. I don't, I, I, think so, I know like very minimal. Okay. So OnlyFans can work for anything. It's not, it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be explicit. It doesn't have to be, it could be artists. It could be actors. It could be anybody that's selling something, promoting some cooking, you know, it could be anything that's a skill, but the one major thing that's known and used for because it's the most successful at making money is like pretty much a, like a male model or like a modeling nude, nudity modeling. You could turn it into pornography if you wanted to like all that you can go as far and as deep as you want, you know? So I started that up and honestly, when I first started, I wasn't even showing anything right off the wall. I was having, I was selling it through the DMs for even more money after even the subscription price. Like I could have just posted, I could have posted the stuff I was posting for the first couple of months on Instagram, you know, and, and it would have been a big deal and it wouldn't have been a big deal. Yeah. But uh, so whatever I started, I started selling, I was making a lot of money there doing that I, for the whole beginning. I was just pulling up like, pictures out of my gallery so i was just making money doing nothing so i was like sorry dad you know i'm uh taking off i'm making a lot of money uh so i was like it was my so i went up with jolene and we were like staying in hotels for a little while and was like as long as we're making enough money to continue to get a place and all that and then i started rolling into the tens twenty thousand dollars a month with it and she stopped working she didn't work she didn't work she didn't i was taking care of her so i was actually like the sugar puppy right like right uh, i was making i was I was taking care of her. Um, uh, so yeah, for a long time. And it has actually lasted a long time. Um, I was doing it for a while and getting, getting deep into it and actually doing shit that I didn't want to do. You know, I started just for fans because most of my fans are like 90% gay, um, oh. they, like the gay community. So they wanted me to like start doing anal play and stuff like that, you know, and that's not who I am. I don't do that. And they really wanted me to be gay. And I'm like, ah, I'm not gay. So I can't do that either. You know, if I was gay, I'd be a millionaire right now. Just letting you know, if I was gay, I'd be a millionaire. Uh, but Dude, I can't, I, yeah. But, and then, so my girlfriend and I started having problems after a while, you know, that's, of course there's going to be problems there now. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So we, that, then this, so this is where, the heart attack comes along. We go to the gym. I get my gyno out because I'm making all this money, right? I'm making all this money. I get my gyno surgery, which is six grand out of pocket. Uh, I'm, I have these, I have all these like uh, photographers and stuff, like major photographers, like for big time dudes, like hitting me up for magazines and stuff, wanting to take pictures of me and fly me out and do that stuff. So I was ready to take off. Uh, I was like, as soon as I'm healed from my surgery, I'm going to hit it hard. I'm going to hop on a cycle. I'm going to be fucking magnificent so if anybody knows they could go see my instagram I, i'm i could get shredded dude i can get shredded i look fast and look phenomenal so that was my that was that's why i was getting hit up by all these people and i was like i'm ready i'm gonna take off i'm gonna take off big and dude like this first day i get back into the gym to take off a leg day i have a heart attack the first day i'm ready to go above and beyond and the, finally, that one major part of my brain that's like stopped me and like made me so self-conscious about growing, I got taken care of. And now it's, and that had to happen, you know, and now they tell me you can't, you can't lift the way you did. You can't do cycles anymore. You can't, you can't 
get that lean anymore. You can't, you know, sodium and water deplete anymore. You can't do that. I can't do that shit anymore. I'll never be able to do it again. And that, you know, that was, that was the dream. I was right there in the grasp of it. You know, I think the lesson here is that if, if whoever is listening to this right now, maybe they're your age or maybe they're a little bit younger than you are. Fuck. Maybe they're even a little bit older than you that maybe mm-hmm. has that same mentality of I just need to get bigger and bigger and bigger because I'm going to crush it. And yeah. you know what? Well, I even, mean, yeah, not even that. Like, yeah, I want to I want to be able to share that you don't have to prove to yourself and everybody all the time that you have to be the best and you know go above and beyond 100 percent of the time like you can slow the fuck down you know the reason and i'm like everybody keeps asking me i've had hundreds of thousands of people ask me what caused your heart attack at a young age and that tiktok there's keep on asking me what did you mean by when you told kids to respect their body that's what i mean man is slow down life's you know i'm 25 shit nine years ago i just it seems like it was like that nine years ago is when i started this roids and the stupidity nine years ago and i that feels that i don't know all the nine years nine years ago okay the eight 17 year old me would have heard this video and would have been like yeah right you know i'm invincible you know i'm invincible that's not going to happen to me in nine years you know where i can be in nine nine years no i could have i dropped 30 pounds of muscle since my heart attack 30 pounds of muscle, dude. Yeah. I So the physique I have now, I could have achieved, I, I would have worked my ass off. Yeah. And I, I would have still had to work my ass off, but I could have achieved the physique I have now naturally. And I could have slowed down and stopped fucking working so hard. I could actually reach my goal. Maybe it wouldn't have been at 25, 26, 27. Maybe it would have been 32, 33, 35. I would have hit my goal. I would have been living the dream I wanted to live. I, I so desperately worked so fucking hard and fast to get if I would have just been patient, you know, just another and stacking on roids. And I'm not trying to dog on roids either too. Like, you know, you can do a smart, like, you know, you had a TRT clinic. There's smart ways to do it. There's, but I had the, the dumb mentality of I need to be bigger, faster, stronger, faster. You know, like I've seen these dudes that are my age, like this guy named Nick Walker, that's, you know, 280, 300 pounds of muscle. That's like a year or two older than me. I'm like, man, bro. Like you're not like that's Here's too the thing, young, dude. It is too young, and you got to think too, dude. Like look at look at your like you're a normal size now. So if you gain 30, 40, 50 pounds of muscle, your heart still the same fucking heart. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it pulls to yeah. pull that around just like you were fat and fifty pounds heavier. There's no yeah, fucking difference. Yes. Yeah, and if I can. Yes, I had, I had like a lot of people are super jealous of the physique that I've achieved and that I have. And I guess I have muscle nuclei now too from the roids that I've done. So I can, I get bigger pumps and I get bigger faster than somebody that's never done anything. Yeah, of course. But also, like I'm saying, I'm taking the tolls from it, from doing it so stupid, so young, um, from doing the drugs and trying to party and trying to do, you know, like I wasn't taking precaution to anything. I wasn't learning. It wasn't trying, you know, I wasn't giving a shit. And my, okay, so my, my, I, I live by a motto and I actually think I made this motto up. I don't even know where I got it from. I just know I used to live by it and used to tell everybody about it for the longest time. I used to say, because people used to ask, I used to smoke cigarettes, but I'd be super healthy. Like I'd eat healthy and I'd work out hard, but I'd chain smoke cigarettes and have a dip in my mouth, you know, and go smoke like cocaine off the fucking machine. And they'd be like, so why do you do that? If you're so healthy, like, 
why I don't understand you, Logan. Why do you work so hard to be so healthy if you're going to do all this bullshit? And I always told everybody, it doesn't matter how it works. It just matters how it looks. That's all I used to say. You know how that, that saying right there is biting me in the ass so hard this day. Yeah, but you know. okay. So here's let me ask, let me ask you this: Are you still doing the OnlyFans? It's yeah, but the thing is, I want to get out of it. I want out of it, and the only thing is, that I'm scared to is because I don't. So I, I don't want to go back to dirt. That's like a very unhealthy thing that's to my mind. I'm trying to do a change up in my life. I'm actually trying to get up and go out more. So I actually just went and bought some mountain gear. I'm ready. Got my puppy. Like I'm ready to get a dog. No, I'm, I'm trying to change my life and make a huge change. I want to live more and try so this podcast was my start this is the start man this is where i wanted to see where this goes uh i want to just share my word and hopefully influence uh some kids and change their perspectives on you know what they want to do and how fast they want to do it where they want to go you know well dude here's the thing like you got quite a you got a pretty i mean you got a really good following on tiktok and i can't think of another place where this would be so relevant people that are coming up that mm-hmm. need some direction maybe they've got you know maybe yeah. they've got a family member that was similar to kind of how you grew up and maybe they don't have yeah. the right amount of guidance and maybe yeah. it's you that changes that direction for them exactly and if i could change one life it's worth it man honestly if it's just one and the, the thing that's really hard too is only fans is paying the bills you know and i so i started telling people after my heart attack i slowed way down i dropped you know, instead of making 20 grand a month, now I make five, you know, four to five, maybe what's six the, a good month. What, what's the difference just for perspective in making 20 and making five in terms of your uh, commitment to OnlyFans? So I was going, I was doing things uncomfortable, you know, that I didn't want to do. Um, and then also I was also promoting it and just, you know, constantly replying. And a lot of people said that the big thing that took me off. So I was actually in the 0.032% range as a straight male, not with another dude once up there for a long time. And that is incredible, right? So mostly if you see people that are up there in that percentage range, they're doing some, they're, you know, they're doing some stuff. And so I was up there, but the reason they said that I was, that was that far is because of the fact that, uh, I took the time out of my day. That's what caused a problem with the relationship is that, uh, um, I'm sorry, my puppy is in here again. The reason they've caused a problem is because I was working, I was constantly talking to people like hundred percent of the time, just all day. And I, and it wasn't just sexually too. So people, somebody was having a bad day. I was there for him. You know, I was there to talk with him and be like, Hey man, this is not, you know, fuck that, you know, pick this up, you know, raise your middle finger or you know i was the i was a friend or you know like oh or supportive somebody's like really shy about being gay or a trans and i'd be really supportive about it i'd tell them be like fuck that you know own that shit you know if you that's what you want to do and that's who you want to be be it screw what other people think i've so i was influencing people there too so that's that's why i took off and i was doing so well on that and that's actually why i was able to slow down after my heart attack i hardly did anything i didn't post shit i didn't post anything but i kept 300 fans 400 fans on there die hard fans i think because of the fact that i was a real person i wasn't just some robotic response you know um so i still do that but after my heart attack i laid it down so i started picking it up so now that i'm recently single i started freaking out about the bills and having to pay for insurance and yada yada now that taxes are going to come in and i don't even have a vehicle and i'm the repo vehicle so all these bills are coming in and i'm freaking out 
Uh, sorry, I forgot where I was going with that too. What was I saying? Well, you, well but the only fans, you you were um, you had slowed it down. Yeah. So I told people, uh, I, I started to pick it back up. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was trying to say. I started picking it back up, but I laid down the line and I said, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. I said, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to do, you know, post what I want to post when I want to post. And if you guys don't like it, then whatever, you know? So it picked up a little bit, but I don't know how long it's going to last because I really don't, how, how do I be a positive influencer and how do I tell little kids or younger kids to be some, be better while I'm still doing this, you know, frowned upon thing. I, it's super hard. And the only, and the thing is, is the only reason I'm doing it right now is so I have the time to be me. I'm trying to live, but this is the first time. So as a kid, everybody knows now, I know I didn't live. I haven't lived yet. I haven't done anything. My sister's done more traveling than I have. And she's three years younger. All these people I keep talking to, they're like, I've been here and there and done this and done that. And I'm, I've never done shit, dude. I'm like, I need to live life. So now I just randomly, I spent money. I went and bought hiking stuff, a dog, I bought rock climbing stuff. I'm living now. I'm doing my thing. And that's the scary thing is I can't do that. If I go and pick up another excavating job, I'm working 50, 60 hours a week again, and I can't live. And that's really hard on my mental, my mentality, like my mental, you know, well-being. So, you know, so it's kind of hard to quit OnlyFans and be the positive influencer. I'm trying if only if only I could get that one pickup, if somebody could be like, hey, Logan, here's from here to here. Let's be let's just cut out the OnlyFans, drop that shit. You know, here, I'll support. I'll like I'll give you this, you know, like or maybe a front or something. You know, like if I could have one of those, that'd be freaking awesome. But I can't. You know, I don't know. But it's, it's who you know. It's not what you know. So <laughs> um, also, who knows you? Yeah, it's who knows me. Exactly. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm driving for, I'm trying to slowly drift away from it. Um, like I even tried changing it from, even if it's still sexual, like, I, like, to be honest, like I'm trying to do like a naked yoga theme, you know, now, or like, you know, a, like a naked cooking, like an apron cooking or like some kind of something fun. You, you know, something. are you, are you pretty open about this normally about the, the OnlyFans stuff? Yeah. I'm pretty open about everything just because I just want, I'm not trying to hide anything from anybody. Right. Yeah. I just want, I want people to learn from my experience and I know it's frowned upon and I know people are like, well, shit, how much are you trying to change when you still have it? That's what I'm trying to make the point across is that I'm trying to live. I no, I don't want to work. Uh, not even a nine to five. I don't want to work a five to seven. You know, I yeah. don't, that's what, that's the only skill I know. The only, only skill I knew bodybuilding and I knew excavating. Those are the only two skills I've ever grown up and learned and knew, you know, like I, I can draw and doodle and stuff a little well, but like I'm not, there, there's nothing that's going to make me the money that I want to make and let me live the way I want to live. And I was driving so hard now. So I was driving to make so much money before. It's not even about the money for me now. It's about the freedom and the living after this heart attack, man. It's not, it's not the lifestyle. It's not the going out and taking all these pictures anymore i would love to just if i could have the option to go out and hop to rehabilitation centers and high schools and just you know give a spiel and just be like listen don't do this and you can be still you could be this you know and I, that's what I'm, i would love that i may have an opportunity yeah so, um yeah so we, and we can talk about that offline um let's um all right, so I think we're getting towards the end. I don't even know what time it is, but we've been on for oh, a minute. Oh, we've been on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, a long time. So, uh, Logan, just can you tell everybody where they can find you really quick and, and all the places you would like for them to find you? 
Yeah, so I think uh, I just recently changed my YouTube. I'm hopefully when this gets edited and you send it back to me, I'm hoping that uh, I throw that up there. Everybody's kind of looking at that. I have a bunch of leaks, links up on my um, up on my Instagram, up on my Twitter, or not my Twitter, up on my TikTok. Uh, I'm trying to get rid of my Twitter because that's all I like this. That's nasty too. I don't like that place. I've been cleaning that up. But yeah, so like uh, my handle for Logan is uh, at logandrake.nstr. Um, the same thing for my TikTok at logandrake.nstr. And I think I honestly changed the YouTube to that too, just recently too. So um, you should all find it right there in the, in the link. Perfect. Well, listen, dude, I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, yeah, I'll let you know when it comes out. Well, thanks, man. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.